you knew Jeffrey Epstein, didn't you? Now, I, I did. I did. I, you know, we flew uh, Bill Clinton and a lot of different, uh, well, that was, a, that was a humanitarian trip to Africa. Yeah. And I, I met him on that trip because it was his plane. I didn't know who plane we was getting on, but it was a whole bunch of dignitary people who was with a delegation. And, yeah, I, I met him. And, and, you know, you don't know people, what they do in their private lives. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, tell me this, Chris. You was on this private plane. And you could tell that it was a private plane because they called it, what is Lolita Express? Oh, yeah, it was a private plane. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> but wait a minute. You didn't never go to that island, did you? No. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. I don't know where that thing at. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I don't Hey, we was going to Africa to save lives. And um, the Chris Tucker that we got now is Epstein Island Chris Tucker. Oh, Lord. Not Smokey. Oh, Lord. <laughs> if I didn't know no better, I'd tell you he's the greatest. I don't care what you say. <laughs> <laughs> to be confident and not delusional is a real skill. Most of these confident people we see is really delusional. Well, you don't think you don't think they asked Chris Tucker to come back in the second in the snack in the second Friday? Smokey, Smokey was all in Smokey. There ain't no Friday without Smokey. We all agree to that, and there's no next Friday without Friday, and there's no Friday after next without. Nah, Friday. we talk about the road because you say that they don't. Here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. Chris was allowed to make the decision. At the time that this is happening, Cat Williams is known for smoking weed. Willie Nelson is known for smoking weed. Right. Snoop's known for smoking weed. But none of us is really known except Willie. And I'm saying, Chris Tucker didn't want to be the poster child for smoking weed. He don't right. smoke weed like right. that. Right. He in the church. He Michael Jackson's best friend. Christmas. Michael Jackson called him Christmas. You ever met a man that gave you a little nickname like that? No. Mm -mm, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the greatest. He was the air hostess on board the notorious Lolita Express, the billionaire's private jet at the center of a sex scandal making lurid headlines across the world. Sleazy Wall Street tycoon Jeffrey Epstein used the Lolita Express to ferry a bevy of beautiful young women among the passengers, former President Bill Clinton and Britain's Prince Andrew. On almost every trip that I did go on, there were young girls around. In this Inside Edition exclusive, Shantae Davies takes us inside the secret world of the Lolita Express, named for the controversial book and movie about a professor's infatuation with an underage girl. Shantae made several trips on Jeffrey Epstein's infamous Lolita Express. She says she was one of several young, attractive women hired to travel around the world, giving massages or yoga instruction to Epstein and his rich and powerful friends. When Shantae was hired, she was a struggling 22-year-old actress. She once played a lingerie model in a movie called Exposed. These designs are really great. Shantae worked as a masseuse, but says she never had sex with Epstein. 
Did you ever think that maybe more was going on than simple massages? Looking back, of course. Was there a bed on the airplane? Actually, yes, there was, yeah. On one memorable flight on board a plane like this provided by Air Hollywood, she says she made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for passengers, including Oscar winner Kevin Spacey, actor Chris Tucker, and even Bill Clinton. They were all flying to Africa on a humanitarian mission, and Jeffrey Epstein had given them the use of his jet. So you never gave <laughs> President Clinton a massage? No, I didn't. Shantae says when the plane landed in Africa, Clinton took her shopping, but she says nothing improper occurred. They had shut down a jewelry store for us, and I helped him pick out a bracelet for Chelsea. It was a jet-set lifestyle for sure, but Shantae says she felt uncomfortable about being part of Epstein's collection of young women. You saw young women around Jeffrey Epstein, and they didn't seem to have regular jobs, and you started wondering, why are they here? Yes, yes. When you look back, are there red flags that you should have seen at the time? Definitely, yeah. Why fly anyone out to be a masseuse when there's plenty of masseuses in the same city that you're in. Epstein served 13 months in prison for soliciting an underage girl for prostitution. Now just looking at the front page headlines the scandal has generated brings Shantae to tears. To have to deal with that and then on top of it defend my character, I'll have children one day, you know, and, and they'll read this. She wonders whether she'll ever be able to live down her time on the Lolita Express. More than anything, I just felt stupid. Yeah, I felt duped. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, not on the fucking flight logs. Let's get right into it, shall we? Now, the fourth batch of documents just dropped. Just dropped. And I haven't covered any of them. So, we're going to go document by document here. Read a couple articles, move over to the next one, move over to the next one, and then individual topics from the documents will be covered in their own episodes. So, let's get right into it. This is huge, but... I need to clarify, while this is huge, the names, everything in it is massive. This is not the comprehensive flight log. These are not flight logs. This is not the client list. And for the most part, these are all allegations. And, you know, while they do warn an investigation of their own, they currently sit in the realm of allegations. So let's get into it. U.S. Court releases documents with names of people with ties to Jeffrey Epstein. And honestly, who doesn't have them? But the thing, ties to, maybe they partied in a nightclub together, and that's all that ever happened. Maybe they went to the island together. Maybe they only ever had a phone call. Or maybe one person was a mutual friend between two people, and that's how the name got brought up. Again, these names do not inherently imply pedophilia or the actions of such crimes. But there are accusations in here, and names to go with the accusations in there. And what that means for these people going forward, well, we'll get into that as we go. Putting on my fucking spectacles. This is from NOS News, Thursday. The, uh... Man, uh, their format's a little funky. 0312. U.S. Court releases documents with names of people with ties to Epstein. The U.S. Court has released documents containing names of people linked to the late businessman and sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. It also mentions former President Bill Clinton and Britain's Prince Andrew. Again, a lot of names we already knew. Stephen Hawking, that was a new one. The documents come 
from a 2015 civil lawsuit that centered on allegations against Ghislaine Maxwell. She is seen as Epstein's right hand. The businessman was suspected of sex trafficking of underage girls and conspiracy. Uh, suspected. No, he was found guilty of child pornography, child molestation, and manufacture of child pornography in 2006 through 20, uh, 2008. So, I mean, but we'll continue on. And the conspiracy, but was never convicted because he was found dead in his cell in New York in 2019. Maxwell was convicted. She received 20 years in prison, sentenced for involvement in Epstein sexual abuse, but she was the only one to go down. She was literally found guilty of trafficking minors to no one. That's right, folks. She didn't traffic anyone, but she's guilty of trafficking people to no one. While we know what a piece of shit Ghislaine Maxwell is, and I've covered her uncomfortable sit in prison from her cellmates attempting to kill her to her cellmates coming forward and saying that they've received offers and financial incentives, pardon me, <sighs> to take her out. She hasn't slipped our peripheral vision, but it's interesting how Epstein roared back into public consciousness. And this is something that a lot of people have been watching Alex Jones for a while, you know, you've kind of been up about, you know. You browse the boards, you you know, you into you follow conspiracy theories. Hell, if you just watched back in the day, like look, take yourself back to like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, right? Danger Dolan, top fifteens, uh slapped ham, uh spooky fives, oh, um uh, creeps McPasta. All these and you're like, what are you saying? All these old channels, right? They just cover creepypastas, conspiracy theories, stuff like that. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, Copy McPasta and um, oh, Bizarre Bub. Bizarre Bub. That was another one I was really into for a while. I was into all these listicle channels back in the day. Epstein came across their channels a lot when it came to like possible on ongoing conspiracies with possible government connections. Number 15, Jeffrey Epstein foot fungus. You know, like, that kind of shit. So, Epstein, if you've been in the conspiracy theory thing for a while, Epstein has been something you've been talking about since 2015. And he was one of the things that had so much evidence behind it that you were called crazy for talking about it because no one would look at what you're trying to show them. No one wanted to talk about it. Now everyone knows about it. It's just a real wild turn of events. Hell, some of you, and like I said, Alex Jones has been talking about it for fucking ever. Forever and ever and ever. But my real interaction and discovery of, of the Jeffrey Epstein stuff came with all the top 15 spooky, creepy countdown list channels that were popping like 10 years ago. So it's just weird to be here. It All the narratives around him have started to crack and break down to the point where the conspiracy theory now is that Epstein killed himself. That's conspiracy theory. The mainstream belief is that he didn't kill himself and that he was murdered because of his international connections and power and names he had. That's the, that's the de facto belief. Wild how far we've come. The documents come from a 2015 civil lawsuit. Pardon me again. There's <sighs> something in my throat. No, it's not Bill Clinton. The documents come from a 2015 civil lawsuit that centered on allegations against Ghislaine Maxwell. She is seen as Epstein's right hand. The businessman 
was suspected of sex trafficking of underage girls and conspiracies, but never convicted because he was found dead in his cell in New York in 2019. A mention in the documents does not mean that a person was actually an active part of Epstein's abuse network, but only that the person was named in the civil lawsuit. The civil lawsuit was a defamation lawsuit. But 943 pages, a total of 943 pages of documents were released today. You know, we're a couple of days past it. It was on the 3rd. This was on, by the way, these documents dropped the 3rd of January. Folks, we, I'm recording this on the 8th, now the 9th of January. This year has started off so fucking wild. 15-foot alien shadow creatures in Miami, Epstein clientless, Stephen Hawking taking part in underage orgies. It's all wild. It's all wild. And then you got, you know, Secretary of State, or sorry, not Secretary of State, but you got, um, oh, I don't have his name offhand, but saying that they're going to start arresting people who just attended Trump's speaking event at the Ellipse on January 6th. All this rapid escalations. Is the Supreme Court taking the Trump case now? Whoa. Whoa! Folks, when I said that 2024 will be the election cycle you were robbed of in 2020, but on steroids, so think 2016 times 10 in chaos, amped up on all kinds of steroids and cocaine, you're getting it. It didn't take three whole days for that year that I promised you to start kicking off. Again, the election cycle we should have gotten in 2020 was paused and delayed because of the pandemic. Now that chaos, that meme magic have been fully re-released into the populace with X and all that, and you're seeing this one hell of a 2024 coming your way, and possibly a real hectic half of 2025. Let's continue on. This includes uh, uh, a total of 943 pages of documents were released today. This includes interrogations with witnesses that names of victims or alleged victims are painted black. And, or, uh, sorry, but... The names of most people mentioned are legible. The judge, who ordered the release of the documents, tempered expectations in advance, but by saying that the media had already managed to find out most of the names that had first been blackened or anonymized, and that many people who were named had no objection to the release of their name, yet interest is high. Immediately after the documents were released, the site on which they were located crashed the BBC. <clears throat> it says for big, bold columnists, if you didn't know. Reports that Bill Clinton appears in it, as expected. He flew on the businessman's private jet several times during the humanitarian trips to Africa. Clinton then praised Clinton as a committed philanthropist, but later claims... To have several severed ties with him. Actually, Bill Clinton flew on that plane 38 times. Folks, I have traveled all across this country multiple times, state by state. I've probably been to all 50 states. Actually, I have not been to Washington. Just realized I've never been to Washington. Weird. Anyway, and I have flown a fair bit. I hate flying, personally, and with everything going on lately, I have no interest in flying ever again, but I will have no choice coming up here very soon. Um... Yeah, so I've never flown that many times, though. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who have, but my God, 
not only flying that many times is rare, but flying that many times with one specific person is rare as fuck, too. But continuing on. The Big Network. The name of British Prince Andrew has been linked to Epstein in recent years and now appears in the documents, including the testimony of Joshua Schoenberg. She worked, or Joanna Schoenberg, my apologies. She worked for Epstein from 2001 and states that the prince groped one of her breasts on the couch of Epstein's apartment in New York that same year. In a statement, by the way, Prince Andrew, Andrew has been completely excommunicated from the British family. Like, he's out. Which is, uh... By the way, this is why I didn't care when the Queen died, because Andrew was her favorite. How the fu- There's no way she didn't know. I'm 100% certain that the Queen protected pedophile- pedophiles. And I, 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 I'm an American. It's already in my bloodline to be like... Fuck the throne! Fuck the queen! Fuck the king! In fact, my favorite thing about King Charles is to say, Hey, the patriarchy's back, boys. But, don't like monarchies. And I definitely feel like Queen Elizabeth was covered for some pedophiles. And again, I'll give her one piece of credit here. She paid taxes she didn't have to pay. But paying taxes for her is really just putting money from one pocket to the other pocket. So what the fuck? But continue on. The statement was previously released. And Buckingham Palace denies it. Andrew was a friend of Epstein. He reached a settlement in the U.S. in 2012 with Virginia Goffrey, who also accused him of sexual abuse. Ghislaine Maxwell allegedly forced her to endure the abuse. The almost 1,000 pages confirms how large Epstein's network was. He often hung out with prominent figures. For example, Schoenberg states that she had met Michael Jackson and illusionist David Copperfield, but the documents did not reveal any misconduct by either of them. Uh, I firmly believe that Michael Jackson did not do that shit. Uh, I don't think Michael Jackson is a, is a pedophile. I know, I know, I'm, I'm the weird one here, but let's hop over here to this next article, shall we? Right here from SCNR. Epstein documents unsealed site, where documents appeared reportedly crashed within moments of release. Published January 3rd by Chris Carr. Ah... While the appearance of names in the document does not necessarily implicate those mentioned in criminal acts, reportedly about 150 names previously redacted in the suit against Ghislaine Maxwell would appear for the first time. Those mentioned in court filings would likely also include victims, unrelated third parties, as well as alleged clients and associates of Epstein. Last year... Maxwell was sentenced to two decades in prison, something we covered nearly every day of her trial, by the way. You can go back and watch that. I'll upload it all as a compilation here in the coming days or so, ideally. Maxwell was sentenced to two decades in prison for her involvement in trafficking and aiding in sexual abuse of teenagers. U.S. District Court Judge Loretta Perska, Perska of the Southern District of New York scheduled the release to be January 1st for the documents to be unsealed. Within minutes... Oh, so I came out on January 1st. All right. Within minutes of the announcement of the release, users on X reported, reported that the website hosting the documents had crashed right here. Just inside hosting Epstein documents crashed due to traffic. And this is Court Listener from from Free Law Project. Also, I believe Law and Order by Dan Abrams has their own copy of it. Uh, Tam and I guess, right, oh, and that first tweet was here was by Disclosed TV at Disclosed TV on X, and right here on X at Nadia N, or, uh, at N-A-D-I-A-K-N-M-1, or Tamda, I guess, 
I actually tried to click to get the Epstein list, and it really did crash. Yeah, yeah, right here. You can see right here, you got everybody talking about it. You got breaking news, Planet Report HQ. You got uh, Center or Gentry Dreeves. Never heard of him, actually, but moving on. As of Wednesday evening, the website <coughs> Court Listener Nonprofit Organization from... <coughs> pardon me. Ah, wow. The Free Law Project was still displaying the message, quote, hmm, something didn't work. Sorry. Quote, this usually happens when we are sharing or when we are doing maintenance on our server or our server is overloaded. The message continued, quote, usually things are fixed within a few minutes. This is a breaking story and will be updated as we go. Now we're going to hop right on over here. Epstein docs. He had, he, quote, he said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. Now, here's the thing. When Monica Lewinsky was a intern, she started interning for Bill Clinton when she was underage. And then we don't, you know, allegedly when the sexual assault, when they started, you know, he started blowing her fucking throat out under the desk of the White House. Actually, let me show you something real quick. This is probably one of the most famous pictures of Bill Clinton ever. And most people don't know there's actually two people in this photo. Just a fun fact I want to share with you. A lot of people have no idea that there's two people in this picture. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, Bill Clinton likes him. I do want to point something out here. I, I'm i not giving Bill Clinton the benefit of the doubt, but I do want to just throw it out there so it's on people's minds here. Liking them young, Bill Clinton was in his 40s when he was president. Liking them young could mean 20. Like, them young could mean 25. While, yeah, look, I know, I know, it's Bill Clinton. We know exactly what the fuck this means. I'm just devil's advocate here for nothing besides journalistic integrity when recovering these kinds of documents. And with news covers like this, the reason why I want to be so clear and throw out possibilities left and right, it's not to constantly play devil's advocate or sit on the fence here. I believe in recreational wood chippers for every one of these motherfuckers if they hurt a kid. Trust me, feet first into the fire, I mean, into the blaze, I mean, into the happy ball pit. That's what I meant. I meant into the lush ball pit of my pillows. That's what I mean. Feet first into the my pillow ball pit. But it's because there's going to be a lot of people whose names come up who did nothing wrong. They're just associates, they're just friends, they were just colleagues, one-time business partner, introduced once at a party, or whatever the fuck the extremity circumstances might have been that facilitated their encounter. So I wanted to cross my teeth and dot my eyes here, so people who didn't do anything wrong and had nothing to do with this and don't know what happened at the time are not dragged through hell. Meanwhile, also, the people who we know did shit, it's worth putting in perspective and keeping an eye on what what they did versus what this monstrous expectations and what they did are. And when we're dealing with a case like this, even our most monstrous expectations either will fall short or go way too far with it. That's all. So if it seems like, oh, you're just constantly playing devil's advocate here, kind of, but not necessarily. January 3rd, 2024, by Cassandra McDonald. Bill Clinton was prominently featured in the newly unsealed documents from Jeffrey Epstein's case. Court documents connected to Epstein's sex trafficking case were unsealed and made public on Wednesday evening. The document is titled, quote, Exhibit 5, from Virginia Goffrey versus... Also, I've heard it's Virginia Jeffrey, but Goffrey is how I've heard it most pronounced. I've been saying it, so I'm going to say Goffrey until hearing it otherwise. Anyway, Ghislaine Maxwell. There is a transcript of the deposition 
from Joanna Schoenberg. Schoenberg has accused Prince Andrew of sexual abuse when she was a minor, which she says was orchestrated by Epstein and Maxwell during the deposition. Schoenberg was questioned by Joffrey's attorney, Sigrid S. McCrawley, after former President Bill Clinton. About former President Bill Clinton, my apologies. Quote, Do you know if Bill Clinton was a friend of Jeffrey Epstein? McCrawley asked. Quote, I knew he had dealings with Bill Clinton. I did not know that they were friends until I read the Vanity Fair article about them going to Africa together, Schoenberg replied. Quote, did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Bill Clinton? Question McCrawley, quote, he said one time that Bill Clinton likes them young, referring to girls, she said. You got the transcript here. I'll hold it here so you can, I'll go slow so you can read it if you'd like. Right here. Actually, you know, I'll just read it. Uh, Massage Jeffrey was a question right here, and this is page 41. A. This is A and Q meaning questions and answer. You already know that, but for those of you who don't know, my audience age range is my stats are showing are in that 17 range too. So there's a lot of people who are new to the politics thing, and you know, I, I assume you know what Q&A means, but forgive me. Public school has gotten so much worse since I was there, and it was bad when I was there. Question or uh, answer. I was living in secret about uh i was living in secret about what i was doing during the massage and i did not want my friend to be to know what i was doing so i did not want anyone else coming into that question was bill clinton a friend of jeffrey epstein miss minninger objection foundation by miss crawley question or question let me back up do you know if bill clinton was a friend of jeffrey epstein Answer. I knew he had dealings with Bill Clinton. I did not know they were friends until I read the Vanity Fair article about them going to Africa together. Question. Did Jeffrey ever, ever talk about Bill Clinton? Answer. One time, he said Bill Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. Question. Did you ever, do you recall ever, taking a trip to Jeffrey Epstein's home in New Mexico? Answer. Yes. Question. Do you recall... Uh, who you went on that trip with, and there's not a further part of this page, so we're going to continue on. We will go through these pages one by one. There's just a lot of pages. Schoenberg said that she did not meet Clinton or personally see him on the island. Clinton was previously identified in Epstein's case as a Doe 36. He is named in dozens of retracted court filings. This is a breaking news story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to hop on over right here. Dershowitz named as close friend of Epstein in unsealed court documents. According to the filings, the lawyer allegedly engaged in sexual activity with minors. And we will get into this. Uh, Virginia Goffrey's rolled back her claims about him. And he also made a preemptive statement that this would uh, essentially vindicate him, clear his name. Neither of which seemed to have actually happened. But continuing on. By Chris Bertman. Lawyer and professor Alan Dershowitz has reportedly pervy, uh, was reportedly privy to Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking and alleged engaged and allegedly engaged in sexual activity with multiple minors. Now I will say this. Uh, before when Alan Dershowitz's name came up uh, in the Epstein list, I did mention, well, he is an attorney. Attorneys often represent people who are guilty. That sort of just comes with the territory of being an attorney or a lawyer, or represent somebody in court. You oftentimes represent people who are actively guilty, and you have to find a way to argue that they're innocent. 
But then when the actual accusations and detailed accusations, and again, Alan Dershowitz is not a name you just throw out there. He's a very distinctive looking person with a very distinct name. So did he actually do it? Did she recant her statement? Uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. But let, let's continue on. Dershowitz was described as a close friend of Epstein's in one of the court documents released Wednesday evening. According to the document, Epstein required a minor, referred to as Jane Doe Number 3, to engage in sexual activity with the lawyer on numerous occasions in Florida and private planes in New York, New Mexico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Quote, In addition... To being a participant in the abuse of Jane Doe 3, the other minor, Dershowitz, was an eyewitness to the sexual abuse of many other minors by Epstein and several other, or several of Epstein's co-conspirators, read the court documents. Dershowitz also reportedly played a significant role in negotiating a non-prosecution agreement in NPA on Epstein's behalf, along with assisting Epstein in negotiating an agreement that provided immunity to Epstein and any potential co-conspirators, which included Dershowitz himself. Malcolm Flex, the legendary Malcolm Flex, folks. If you don't know who Malcolm Flex is, go follow him. That mo- that man is a shit-posting extraordinary who posts some of the great, great fitness advice. And again, it's been a minute since I've been lifting, but I work in a warehouse. I work in a fucking Miller distributor. It's just one of my many jobs. So you know, bruh, 60-pound kegs in and out, a couple hundred of them every day, bruh. Doing that Malcolm Flex protein shake. Anyway. Malcolm Flex is a great Twitter account to go follow. Dude's funny, awesome shit poster, and he really gets under people's skins just the way I like it. So I'll continue on. The defamation within the Epstein file about Alan Dershowitz is sickening on so many levels. No federal body uh, pursues anything of this than we already know what time it is. <sighs> I wonder what he means about that Woodchipper Gober. Whichever go burst. Okay, we're going to read through this. Uh, again, it's like they're going to be some real. Uh, I. Uh, it's going to be some nasty shit. Alright, folks, so let's. Uh, let's bear with this. Uh, okay. One such powerful individual that Epstein forced then minor Jane Doe 3 to have sexual relationship was former Harvard law professor Alan Dershowitz, a close friend of Epstein's. And well-known criminal defense attorney, Epstein required Jane Doe number three to have sexual relations with Alan Dershowitz on numerous of occasions <clears throat> while she was a minor, not only in Florida, but also on the private plane in New York, New Mexico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, which means Little St. James Island. In addition to being a participant in the abuse of Jane Doe number three and other minors, Dershowitz was an eyewitness to the sexual abuse of so of many other minors by Epstein, several of Epstein's co-conspirators. Dershowitz would later play a significant role in negotiating NPA on Epstein's behalf. Indeed, Dershowitz helped uh, negotiate an agreement that provided immunity from a federal uh, from federal prosecution in the Southern District of Florida, not only to Epstein but also to any potential co-conspirators of Epstein, NPA at 5. Thus, Dershowitz helped negotiate an agreement with a provision that provided protection for himself against criminal prosecution in Florida 
for sexually abusing Jane Doe 3 because this broad immunity would have been controversial if disclosed Dershowitz along with other members of Epstein's defense team and the government tried to keep the immunity provision secret from all of Epstein's victims and the general public even though such secrecy violated uh, the Crime Victims' Rights Act. Uh, a couple more comments down here. As always, the sp spiciest reporting follow zero sum twenty four. Sure, shoot my follow. All right, and then we got this little right here uh, from Alan Dershowitz. The Epstein List and Guilt by Association. Watch a Dershowitz show starting thirty minutes. Uh, getting ahead of the drop. I hope Epstein made videos. There have been suggestions that Epstein made a secret video of all of the men who had sex in his house and planes. I hope he did, and they are all revealed because they will prove I am not among them. I hereby waive any rights of privacy in the Epstein videos. And for Alan Dershowitz, an attorney, to make such a claim is a stunning claim. And again, Virginia Goffrey did drop uh, her accusations, but we'll get into that later. That's, uh, that's, that's a bit more of a conversation we'll get into later on scrolling down here Dershowitz along with other members of Epstein's defense team and the government tried to keep immunity provisions oh we read that Dershowitz reportedly filed a motion to intervene to contest allegations made by Jane Doe 3 according to another unsealed document Jane Doe subsequently filed a response to the lawyer's intervention mentioned uh, intervention motion and claimed the allegations against Dershowitz were quote relevant to at least eight separate issues. Wild. Uh, Juan Alessi, one of Epstein's house, household employees, claimed Dershowitz came, quote, pretty often to Epstein's Florida mansion, where he received massages. Alfredo Rodriguez, another employee of Epstein's, co uh, corroborated Alessi's allegations and said that the lawyer was, quote, present alone at Epstein's home. Quote, in the presence of young girls in, 2015, in a 2015 CNN appearance, Dershowitz claimed Jane Doe 3 and others were lying through her teeth. According to a 20, 2006 police report from Palm Beach, uh, from the Palm Beach Police Department, Dershowitz advised he was investigating allegations that a private, investi uh, that a private investigator for Epstein's attorneys Quote, attempted to uh, impassionate or state, sorry, attempted to impersonate or state that they were police officers from Palm Beach prior to the court documents. Wednesday, unsealing Dershowitz asserted his innocence in alleged implications with Epstein's trafficking and said he had, quote, done nothing wrong. Quote, the reason I wanted everything out and I don't think the judge put everything out I think she wants a she want she was selected in what she puts out, and that's unfair. I want everything out, every document, every piece of paper, half truths or lies. Dershowitz said, "I don't know. I'm completely there with them too." Again, I can see both sides of it. Alan Dershowitz, big attorney, lots of money, prominent legal team behind him, one of the greatest minds in the courtroom to ever exist. Intellectual heavyweight. Legislative heavyweight, insider heavyweight, Alan Dershowitz, versus this victim. Pressuring her to drop it, or her knowing that she could win some battles, but maybe not this one. 
I can see that side too. I can also see the Alan Dershowitz side of, I literally did nothing wrong. There's no proof I did anything wrong, and I want everything released because I did nothing wrong. I can really see both sides of this, because he's really passionately saying, release this, and as a man, but he's also an old guy with not a lot of time left on this earth, so maybe he's like, maybe I can make myself look really good on, on the way out. Who knows? Who knows? But for an attorney to sit here and be like, I waive all privacy. Being who he is, with the credentials he has, that's a huge fucking statement. You know what I mean? But these are all huge statements. And when, do you, when you're dealing with the Epstein shit, it's all, all huge, huge um, possibilities for misinformation and huge claims here. The reason I wanted everything out, I uh, read that, document half lives, quote, but there are some people who may be ashamed of the fact that they hung out with Epstein. But remember, a lot of people hung out with Epstein before he was convicted. Presidents of Harvard, deans, Nobel quality scientists. He was very well thought of in the beginning. Dershowitz continued asserting those connected to Epstein were unaware of his trafficking. Again, he's not wrong, but still, it's a hell. It's a hell of a place to be in. But that being said, we're at 30 minutes here, so I'm going to wrap this episode up here, and we're nowhere near done, folks. So come back later for more content on the Epstein document dump. I've been your host, James Madison, and I will, ugh, later. Ugh. It's interesting to learn who Jeffrey Epstein hung around with while he was alive. People who flew on his airplane, people who stayed on his private island in the Caribbean, those who had dinner at his home off Fifth Avenue in New York. And to some extent, those names are coming out. Not all of them, but we know a lot of the people who are in Jeffrey Epstein's life, and we have for several years now. But on another level, that whole story seems like a bit of a sideshow, because it doesn't answer the main mysteries surrounding Jeffrey Epstein's life or death. And there are three of them, almost none of which has ever discussed in the media. The first 
is who did Jeffrey Epstein work for? What did Jeffrey Epstein do for a living and on whose behalf? We don't know. The second question is where did all the money come from? Hundreds of millions of dollars that passed through his hands over many years. And where is it now? We don't know that either. And the third question may be the most pressing of all, which is what happened to Jeffrey Epstein? On August 10, 2019, he was found dead in the Federal Correction Facility in Manhattan, in one of the most secure places in the world. Did he kill himself or was he murdered? Uh, Bill Clinton. Nice guy. Uh, got a lot of problems coming up, in my opinion, with the famous island with Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of problems. Presbyterian uh, Lower, Man Lower Manhattan. Okay, but as of right now, you're telling me you can't find the PCR report. Not for the 10th of August, 2019. No, not in. It's not in the fire department database. I don't know why. If it's supposed to be there, we'll find out. But first, you've got to get the letters of administration before you can take them anywhere. Yeah, you see, because the date on here is the, the 10th of 19th. It's the day they found him, they took him, and, they, and he was dead. Well, then they might have taken him directly to the morgue. So no, I, he was in the hospital. I have photographs of him in the hospital, too. Oh, well, I'm, I, you, you didn't tell me that. I'm, yeah. I'm just going by. Yeah, no, no, I understand. I'm just trying to explain yeah. what I know. Yeah, well, I don't know what happened, but uh, so far, he's not in the fire department database. I don't know why. Um, and uh, could they have taken him somewhere? Well, see, he, he has a photograph of the fire department personnel. What did he say? I couldn't hear. He said that because you see the fire department, because you see the fire department personnel there, that doesn't mean they provided documentation. It they told else. me they did. I spoke to them. Yeah. And they were the ones who suggested I get the PCR report. Mm -hmm. Well, well, they're saying one thing, but the computer is saying something else. Yeah. Well, I since I heard that with my own ears, I believe them. And I don't know why someone played with the computer and no, it's not there. I'm just telling you the situation. I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying the computer is saying one thing and the information you got from them is different. Right. So what the computer saying, what the computer is saying is that it doesn't have a record of this. That's that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know why. Uh, what's going on? Hey, folks, welcome back. So we're just going to get right into it. It's one of those episodes. Fourth batch of Jeffrey Epstein documents include photos of young girls on late sex offenders' private plane, uh, private island, by Jessica A. Rotho. Put on my glasses. From the National Desk, and this is from the source of Turn210.com, the WJAR uh, local station. And this is from Washington with the NT with the TND. A uh, fourth batch of court documents from lawsuit from the lawsuit connected to the late sex offender Jeffrey Epstein was unsealed on Monday. The latest round of documents included photos of girls and young women posing together on what appears to be Epstein's private island, Little St. James, in 2006. Ghislaine Maxwell, right here... Uh, who was Epstein's longtime girlfriend and accomplice is seen in a few of the images, as is Epstein. Right here. There she is. In the document, Sarah, just not a flattering side profile at all, huh? Sarah Ransom, 
who is an alleged victim, noted, The girls were given Victoria's Secret outfits, which included clothing, bikinis, and nightwear, when they arrived on the island. The deposition noted the following testimony. Q. Or question. There were... They were supplied to you. Answer. All the outfits. Meaning, yep, every single thing I was wearing was given to me. The documents also noted that Ransom... Uh, said Maxwell helped me refine my massage skills to satisfy Jeffrey. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Ransom added that massage was a keyword for sex. No, you don't say it, right? Quote, as soon as you stop having sex with Jeffrey and his friends and his girls, you're out. Because otherwise, there's no reason for you to be associated with Jeffrey. Because you're just there to have sex with him, Ransom testified. That'd be Sarah Ransom, I believe. Continuing on. Ransom also said Epstein and Maxwell took the girls very, uh, took girls from very underprivileged families. They gave them accommodations. They gave them food, gave them money for transportation, you know, private planes, etc., etc. So if I didn't have sex with Jeffrey, I would be homeless and starving in New York, so... And my dream of getting a full-time education at one of the top fashion institutes in the world would be diminished. And that's what he held over my head, exactly like he did with Redacted. And the other girls, he was paying for all their educations. According to the documents, Ransom said Maxwell was known for was known as Mama Bear, among other girls. This isn't new information either. Ghislaine Maxwell was like the Mama Bear, if you know what I mean. She called the shots. We had to listen to Ghislaine, or Ghislaine. I'm going to say Ghislaine. And Ghislaine was Jeffrey's right-hand woman. So, you know, whatever Jeffrey wanted... Whatever Jeffrey wanted went through Ghislaine, and then filtered through, Ransom said in the documents. The news follows the release of hundreds of other pages of documents last week. The documents stem from a 2017 law, uh, civil lawsuit from Epstein's accuser, Virginia Uoffrey. Previous batch included mentions of well-known people who were allegedly affiliated with Epstein, such as former President Bill Clinton, Britain's Prince Andrew, Stephen Hawking, Oh, yeah, Daddy likes the way that you slob on his fucking knob. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. You know, you bet when, I bet when he orgasmed, it sounded like fucking dial-up. That's what his orgasm sounded like. You fucking know it. You guys know uh, what his last words were, right? I actually have it saved right here. Never forget the last words of wisdom from Stephen Hawking. Those words will live on in fucking infamy. Continuing on. And Alan Dershowitz. In the documents, Joanna Schoenberg, who is another one of the accusers, said Epstein claimed Clinton preferred young girls. He said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls, Schoenberg said. Uh, of course. The documents also allege that Prince Andrew was repeatedly was re uh, repeatedly denied having sex with Goffrey, and sorry, who has repeatedly denied having sex with Goffrey, and said he couldn't recall ever meeting her, participated in an orgy with several underage girls. 
Oof. Hawking, the late British theoretical physicist, also accused of taking part in an orgy with underage girls. God. So here's the thing about that. When he... You know, this man has had affairs before. He's cheated on his wife with his nurses, so there's some kind of functionality here. Or maybe he was just like the communal pocket pussy that twitches. You know what I mean? Like maybe... Maybe that's what he was. Maybe he just kind of like leaned over and his role was the the pig in the spit roast. I don't know. You think those, bo- you think those bottom teeth feel good when they just kind of like grind up against the underneath of a rod? I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just a journalist digging for the truth here. Bear with me. Um, but seriously, yeah, what the fuck? Oh, Yeah. Hit my prostate just like that, 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 that. <laughs> Dershowitz, who is a former Harvard law professor, was named in the documents as well as an underage Jane Doe, who allegedly, who was allegedly forced to have sex with him, according to the documents. Soon after the documents were unsealed, Dershowitz told Fox News the claims against him are false. Quote, so the woman accused me has now stated categorically that she may have misidentified me, confused me with someone else, and these documents, and <clears throat> and if all the documents are revealed, will prove categorically that she did misidentify me, he told the media outlet. Yeah, I, I just don't know how you do that. He's very distinctive with a very, you know, particular name. It's hard to imagine that he, uh, he was misidentified. Now we're going to hop over here to Forbes for our next article. Forbes' uh, <clears throat> fourth batch of Epstein files released. Zachary Folk, Forbes staff. Top line, another 17 unredacted documents from Ghislaine Maxwell's defamation trial were released on Monday, Monday morning, shedding new light on people possibly connected with the alleged sex trafficking ring. She ran with financier Jeffrey Epstein. Over 200... Mostly unredacted documents have been released since the last Wednesday. Man. After Judge Loretta Perska approved the release of more than 150 names. Judge Loretta Perska did not kill herself. I'm just saying that for the record. 150 names associated with the case filed by victim Virginia Goffrey in 2014. Several figures associated with Epstein or Maxwell... As acquaintances have appeared throughout the documents, including Prince Andrew, former President Bill Clinton, Bayonair Glenn Dublin, Dubbin, former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson, Virginia or Victoria's Secret former owner Les Wexner, Hyatt Hotels Chairman Tom Pitzker, and Harvard Professor Alan Dershowitz, all of whom have denied any wrongdoing. Victims and witnesses of Epstein's mansions, uh, mansions and Little St. James, his private island in the U.S. Virginia Islands, also described meeting other famous people, including former President Donald Trump, magician David Copperfield, but he wished he could make his name disappear off of this, and legendary singer Michael Jackson. Forbes will be updating the story with details uh, from the new documents. Key background. In 2022, Maxwell was found guilty of sex trafficking, transporting a minor for illegal sexual activity and conspiracy. But to who, though? That was the issue that they didn't mention. 
She is serving a 20-year prison sentence before she was arrested in 2020. Maxwell uh, faced a defamation lawsuit from victim Virginia Goffrey filed in 2014. Goffrey has alleged Maxwell ordered her to give massages to powerful men at Epstein's home while knowing she was underage at the time. The lawsuit dragged on for about three years as lawyers deposed multiple victims who confirmed various aspects of Goffrey's story, including Joanna Schoenberg and uh, Annie Farmer and Sarah Ro uh, Ransom. Now, Annie Farmer played a big role in uh, testifying against Maxwell. That was a big one, actually. The contents of her testimony are actually a little hazy to me right now, though, so you can go back and watch my old episode about that. Um, including Joanna Schoenberg, Annie Farmer, and Sarah Ransom. They also disposed some of the house, work, house workers Epstein employed at his mansions in Manhattan and Palm Beach, Florida, as well as on Little St. James, although some of the information was already released to the public. Large portions of testimony and evidence remained redacted for years. This is what being released by the courts in the Southern District of New York, the new documents are illustrated. The years-long legal proceedings behind Goffrey's case as well as given an inside look into how Maxwell sought to frame her story in the public eye. Yeah. And we're going to hop over here for the last article for this particular upload. Nearly 3,000 pages of Jeffrey Epstein documents released, but some questions remain unanswered. From the AP, published January 6th, a six-minute read. The New Yorker, or a New York AP, for nearly two decades, journalists and police detectives, FBI agents, lawyers, and amateur sleuths have pried into the depraved world of Jeffrey Epstein. Yet, even after the release of, th of thousands of pages of court records in recent days, some questions about the millionaire pedophile remain unanswered. The documents have gotten a lot of attention, but they shed little light on the financier's habitual sexual abuse of underage girls. More than anything, the public is still fascinated with the possibility that some of the rich and powerful men in Epstein's social circle were also involved in the abuse. Here's a look at what we know and what we don't about Epstein and his crimes. Uh, Jet Setter to Convict. Epstein first began getting media attention in 2002 after news organizations including the AP or Associated Press, covered a trip to Africa by former Bill Clinton, actor Kevin Spacey, and comedian Chris Tucker. The five-day tour of Ghana, Nigeria, Rwanda, and Mezbuku, and South Africa, was intended to draw attention to the fight against AIDS. You should just send Bono. Anyway. After the visit, New York Magazine ran a profile of the man who provided the private jet for the trip, Jeffrey Epstein. The story portrayed him as an international money man of mystery, a cult who cultivated relationships with Nobel Prize-winning scientists and diplomats, but puzzled Wall Street insiders who couldn't figure out how a college dropout got so rich. Quote, terrific guy, Epstein's neighbor in both Florida and New York, Donald Trump, said in a story. Yeah, it's a quote kind of taken out of context, and he's also, many quotes after that have Trump absolutely shitting on him, but, you know, whatever. They want to muddy the waters here on purpose anyway. Continuing on. 
who, uh, terrific guy, Donald Trump, said in the story, quote, he's a lot of fun to be with. It's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. That's roughly close enough to the quote, I guess. The celebrities, uh, the celebrity contacts made it big news when Epstein was arrested in 2006 over allegations that he had hired multiple teenage girls to give him sexualized massages at his home in Palm Beach, Florida. Two years later, prosecutors allowed Epstein to plead guilty to a charge involving a single victim. He served 13 months in jail in... Uh, he served 13 months in a jail work release program. Um, hold on. Then quietly started rebuilding his network of influential friends with the help of his socialite former girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell. After a series of Miami Herald stories about the plea bargain that deprived Epstein victims of that deprived uh, Epstein's victims of justice federal prosecutors in New York revived the investigation and charged Epstein in 2019 with sex trafficking by the way longtime fan of the Miami Herald actually as specifically one guy who works with the humor columnist who I think he's retired now but his name is Dave Barry has a phenomenal book called Boogers are my are my beat this dude also talked about it, like a couple of get motivated things. Dude's phenomenal. Love Dave Barry. Love his work. Uh, great guy. Humorous as all hell. If you can check out Boogers on My Beat, it's one of my favorite books. I've reread and reread that. I've reread and re-listened to that book multiple times. It's just very funny. Also, it has since I was a little kid, so it's, you know, it's very nostalgic to me too. Ow. Two years later, prosecutors allowed Epstein to plead guilty to a charge involving a single victim. He served 13 months in jail in a jail release program. I already read that. Stories, 2019 trafficking. When Epstein killed himself. Okay, if you claim so, bud. In jail, prosecutors charged Maxwell with facilitating his illicit sexual encounters and participating in some of the abuse. She was convicted and is serving a 20-year prison term. Was anyone else involved? In 2009, one of Epstein's victims, Virginia Goffrey, filed a lawsuit saying... He had flown her around the world for sexual encounters with billionaires, politicians, royals, and heads of state. She initially kept the names of those men secret, but in later legal filings, started providing names to Britain's Prince Andrew, New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson, former U.S. Senator George Michael, or Mitchell, the French modeling scout Jean-Luc Brunel, the billionaire Glenn Dublin, and law professor Alan Dershowitz, who had represented Epstein. Some details of Goffrey's allegations have, ch have changed over time. She initially said that she was 15 when Epstein began to abuse her, but later acknowledged that she met him, uh, met him the summer she turned 17. Um, over time, she initially said she was, began to abuse her. Well, messaging? I mean, I don't know. I have to read in the specific list there. But. In 2022, she withdrew her allegations against Dershowitz, saying, quote, She may have made her made a mistake in identifying me as one of the abusers. She said uh, she was very young at the time, and it was a very stressful and traumatic environment. Fair. In one newspaper interview, for which Goffrey paid 
$160,000. She just was paid $160,000. She described dancing with Prince Andrew at a club and said there was no sexual contact later. She said that there that they had three sexual encounters. <clears throat> she said the newspaper had refused to print those allegations. Okay, yeah, that doesn't mean she changed her story. That means they just ignored part of her story. In another interview, she describes, and besides that they paid her that much, I imagine they got something more out of it than they reported. In another interview, she described riding in a helicopter with Bill Clinton and flirting with Donald Trump, but she later... By the way, actually, that's not fair. So, with that thing, she called out the reporter and said, no, they misreported this part. Donald Trump never hit on me. And I didn't meet him. So, uh, National Post is kind of playing weird word games right now, but let's continue on. Uh, She later said in a disposition that those hadn't happened and they were mistakes by the reporter. Yeah, no, these are in the official documents that we got. Which, uh, when I have more time, I plan on just reading through a lot of them. Uh, on recording that. Goffrey's allegations have been investigated by the FBI. No charges have been brought based on her claims, but because of the attention generated by them, Brunel was investigated in France. But by then, Brunel was investigated in France and charged with raping other underage girls. He killed himself while awaiting trial. Allegedly. Manhattan's top federal prosecutor in 2020, uh, Geoffrey Berman, sought to speak with Prince Andrew about matters related to Epstein, but the royal declined to be interviewed. Berman blasted Andrew at the time for falsely portraying himself to the public as an eager to, as eager to cooperate when he was actually dodging questions. Andrew has repeatedly denied having sex with Geoffrey, and said he couldn't recall ever meeting her, though a photograph appeared to show them together, and a member of Epstein's household staff also testified about seeing the two at Epstein's home in New York. Many of the documents unsealed in recent days involve efforts by Maxwell's lawyers to discredit Goffrey, and Goffrey's lawyers' efforts to gather evidence backing up her accounts. The records released in the case have contained scant evidence of wrongdoing by famous figures, but testimonies from multiple witnesses confirm Goffrey's account of Epstein's sexual misconduct. Death behind bars. Any chance that Epstein himself might have been able to answer questions about his famous friends died with him in the Federal Detention Center in Manhattan in August 2019, allegedly. So supposedly, Megyn Kelly or someone I've been hearing lately has a ton of, like, testimonies and like unreleased interviews with him where he went into like great detail and basically claim came clean about everything allegedly that's the rumor right now uh it is megan kelly megan kelly said you'll be hearing from him in his own words here very soon uh we'll see what that means all right so right here folks we're not done with jeffrey epstein i can tell you that for a fact can't tell you how i know but i can tell you for a fact we're gonna hear a lot more about jeffrey epstein in the coming year uh, and you may be even hearing from him directly. More on that as I'm allowed to tell you. It's all fascinating. and It's very interesting. I don't know what he means by that. And a lot of people have been speculating what it means. I'm kind of in the camp that thinks she just has unreleased interviews from him. But we'll see what it comes of it. So let's get right back to where we were, shall we? 
Let's continue on. The death, a month after he was arrested, has fueled conspiracy theories, but multiple investigations, including an autopsy and FBI probe, have concluded Epstein died by suicide. Uh-huh. You're a lie, you tell it, bub. Justice Department Inspector General Michael Howerwitz said in a June report that Epstein was able to take his own life because of negligence, misconduct, and outright job performance failures. Yeah, uh, what former FBI director's daughter was running that? Uh, uh, mm. Comey. Yeah, his fucking incompetent, dumbass daughter was running this, and she lost all the footage. If we're being honest. But alright. Uh... Within the jail, of uh, negligence and performance failures, yep, within the jail, the Metropolitan Correctional Center was shut down in 2021 amid concerns about uh, squalid conditions, COVID-19, crumbling infrastructure, and lingering questions about Epstein's death. Overworked officers assigned to guard Epstein had failed to recognize he had amassed a surplus of bed, line, of bed line linens. After, yeah, uh-huh, after a first suspected suicide attempt, jail of, uh, jail officials left him alone and never assigned him a new cellmate. On the night Epstein died, officers sat at a desk just 15 feet, 4.6 meters apart from his cell, shopping online uh, and snoozing instead of making required rounds every 30 minutes, prosecutors said. Okay, moving on. The day before Epstein killed himself, a federal court unsealed about 2,000 pages of records in Goffrey's lawsuit against Glenn Maxwell, in the same case involved in the records in recent days. That combined with a lack of significant interpersonal connections and the idea of potentially spending his life in prison were likely factors contributing to Mr. Epstein's suicide, they say. Prison officials wrote in a document obtained by the AP whether Epstein would have ever been keen to answer questions to clear some of the mysteries surrounding his life in is a different story. In 2016, deposition in Goffrey's lawsuit, he repeatedly invoked his Fifth Amendment uh, protection against self-incrimination. What's next? The documents dumped isn't over yet. So far, uh, 191 of the apparently 250 files that U.S. District Judge Loretta Pasca authorized for release have been made public. Lawyers involved in the case are posting them at, uh, to the docket on a rolling basis as per the judge's instructions. Another batch is expected Monday. We just got those. Uh, though there is little indication that they will yield more than what has already been seen in the nearly 3,000 pages of deposition uh, transcripts, legal memos, and emails, and other records made public since Wednesday. Versions of many of those records had already been made public in past years, though with some sections blacked out for privacy reasons to protect the identities of Epstein's victims. Um, there seems to be no comments. All right, folks, we have more news on this coming out soon, so I'm going to wrap this up here and get to recording you more content. That being said, I've been your James Madison, and I will talk to you all later.
Later. And now, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Secretary and I have a very profound difference. In the last debate, and I believe in her book, very good book, by the way, in her book and in this last debate, she talked about getting the approval or the support or the mentoring of Henry Kissinger. Now, I find it rather amazing, because I happen to believe that Henry Kissinger was one of the most destructive secretaries of state in the modern history of this country. I am proud to say that Henry Kissinger is not my friend. I will not take advice from Henry Kissinger. And in fact, Kissinger's actions in Cambodia, when the United States bombed that country, overthrew Prince Sihanouk, created the instability for Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge to come in, who then butchered some three million innocent people one of the worst genocides in the history of the world. So count me in as somebody who will not be listening to Henry Kissinger. And you mentioned, uh, David, um, Henry Kissinger, and I think he first uh, was noticed by the Rockefeller family after he um, wrote a, um, a very erudite work on uh, nuclear weapons and nuclear war back in the late 1950s. Nuclear weapons and foreign policy. Right. Still, yes. and it was then published. And uh, from that time on, he became pretty close to the Rockefeller family. Well, he did. Um, actually, I guess I was the first one who got to know him because uh, he was a member of an organization called the Council on Foreign Relations in New York. And there was a, a study group at that time that he, as then a uh, young instructor at Harvard, uh, presided at. I was so impressed by him that uh, I introduced him to my brother Nelson, who was then governor in New York and was then considering uh, seeking the presidency of the United States. They became great friends and actually uh, Henry was, became Nelson's foreign policy advisor as long as he was in public life, and I think has, is one of the remarkable international statesmen in the world today. Even 30 years after he was Secretary of State, he is still asked by heads of state when he travels the world uh, for, their, for his advice. Let me go back to the time you said when you came here it transformed your life. Was there a course, a professor, who really made that difference for you? Yes, uh, there was um, one course, one seminar of um, Henry Kissinger, um, which really opened my eyes. I wasn't accepted to the seminar, but I sat in. I think he let me in because I was German. And uh, and it was relatively shortly after the war, there were not too many Germans here. And uh, this created a friendship which has um, uh, endured until today. And uh, you know, uh, Henry has been several times in, in Davos. Um, and I think it was mainly uh, participating in his seminars that I developed my interest for geopolitical affairs. When uh, President Biden took office, 
He promised to deliver for the American people by reinvesting in America's greatest sources of strength. And since day one, that's exactly what we've done. <clears throat> we've done it here at home by making historic investments in our competitiveness, in our military, in our infrastructure, in our technology, in our manufacturing base. <clears throat> we've also done it around the world, revitalizing and re-energizing our unmatched network of alliances and partnerships. In 2023, we continue to show that this strategy is working. In a year of profound tests, the world looked to the United States to lead, and that's just what we did. It was also a year when our friends and partners took significant, at times even unprecedented, steps to share with us the responsibility of leadership. As we head into 2024, we will continue to stand shoulder to shoulder with those who share our vision for a free, open, prosperous, and secure world, because that's what delivering for the American people demands. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. And folks, folks, you know, it's a sad day in America. A couple, about two weeks late. But it's a sad day the world over. The most charitable man known for his generosity all across Cambodia has passed away at 100 years old. And you know what? Stick with me here, because the next... We have two articles. The second article... Well, I think I know exactly what we can do with this body. Funeral hasn't happened yet, as far as I know. So, well, I think I know what we can do with the body. Let's get into it. It's not breaking, but Henry Kissinger, dead at 100. What a kindly man. Henry Kissinger passed away at the age of 100 on Wednesday. Look, you see this face right here? I don't know why he looks like that. It's because evil weighs heavy on a man's soul. This article is from the Post Millennial by the Post Millennial. Right here. Wow. Yeah. Three weeks-ish late. Henry Kissinger, the final surviving member of ex-president Richard Nixon's cabinet, passed away at the age of 100 on Wednesday. He fully embraced and encouraged going off the gold standard. Keep that in mind, though. Maybe we'll bring it up. He kind of got into like some slightly based shit as he was dying, but I don't really give a fuck about people's deathbed confessions. Usually, it's a oh fuck, maybe I can buy my way into heaven just in case, kind of a thing. And you know, look, I don't care if you're Christian or not. Let's say let let's. Fucking go with the not Christian angle here, right? Actually, let me do this differently. Look, you actually look at the text in the scripture as it is. Kind of sounds and seems like homie kind of already died for everything. You just kind of have to accept it and embrace it. But you've never given a fuck about that your entire life, and here you are on your deathbed, and you're just. Ah, you know, just in case. First off, perhaps he didn't. Perhaps Jesus didn't die for everybody's sins. Uh, still, just kind of a cheap thing, you know. And how do we know you're even being honest? Maybe you just want some shocking headline or revelation before you go. On the other end of that, it's just 
kind of cheapens the whole thing, doesn't it? Like, not one second of your fucking life of slaughtering, butchering, and mangling America's foreign affairs. Even though you've been out of that. Look, you were Klaus Schwab's fucking teacher. And here we are, right? And the media had a very mixed reaction, surprisingly. Some people came out and they were like, oh, it's tragic. Other people were like, insane warmonger dies at 100. So, like, damn, kind of annoyed he got to that age. Look, I don't wish any unnatural passing on anyone, but it's like, a hundred? A hundred. We couldn't get a hundred years out of Betty White, but we got a hundred years out of fucking Henry Kissinger? God damn! The world is not a fair place, man. Sometimes happy endings don't go the way they should, right? Henry Kissinger, the final surviving, I read that, quote, Dr. Henry Kissinger, a respected American scholar and statesman, died today at his home in Connecticut. Kissinger Associates said in a statement, released late Wednesday. I guess there's two late things in this article. Serving as both National Security Advisor and Secretary of State simultaneously. <laughs> Again, a lot of a lot of a lot of sway here in American politics overseas. If you you, you see this shit here, man, what a busy guy! What a, a busy you, you know you'd think you'd be healthier if you were doing so much. But let's continue on. Kissinger, a key figure in Nixon's cabinet, played a vital role in shaping the last uh, the lasting alteration to the 20th century's U.S. foreign policy. He approached emphasizing realism and the reduction of tensions among major global powers. He served under Gerald Ford. He garnered both praise and criticism. I mean, that's one way of going about it, right? And his complex legacy continues to have an impact on relations with China, Russia, and the Middle East. Yeah, dude, Henry Kissinger went from, maybe we could just nuke China, to, hey, what if we... Take the approach of, uh, you know, maybe we get them interested in a little open trade here and there, right? Also, get off the gold standard. Look, surely if we introduce China to the global economy, surely there won't be any consequences. Like, all of our pharmaceuticals and all that shit, including our major manufacturing and silicon chips, being all made in the eastern Asian regions of the world. Oh, Taiwan, Silicon Chips, China, fucking everything made in China. Remember back in the day, you get these little oval stickers, little shiny golden oval stickers on everything. It said, made in Taiwan. Now it's all made in China. Thanks, Mr. Kissinger. Hey, you know, if we get some of these contracts going to China, you know, we get them making some American stuff here. Uh, maybe we can get them to be less communistic. Like, no, that was weird. Recording crashed for a second. Sorry about that. Anyway, I'm just going to move on. Don't really know what I was saying for a second. I've lost my train of thoughts on that one. Uh, right now, Russia, Middle East. Kissinger and Lee Duc Tha, the leader of North Viet Vietnam, jointly received a Nobel Peace Prize for their negotiations that concluded the U.S. participation in the... The U.S. participation... 
the Vietnam War. Pay no mind to the smoldering embassy in Saigon. Please, pay no mind to that. Henry Kissinger successfully ended America's participation in Vietnam, folks. Let's get really fucking boring for just a, a, a short period of time, folks. Let's get educational. 1974, North Vietnamese troops had violated the Paris Peace Accords and renewed their assault on the South. It was clear the Republic of Vietnam would fall. In April of 75, North Vietnamese troops approached the southern capital of Saigon. President Gerald Ford ordered all U.S. troops and citizens out of the country. Permit the movement of refugees to the area of their choice. And on April 29th, Armed Forces Radio began playing White Christmas. The signal and evacuation was underway. Captain Gerald. I give no fuck what you dream of! Get out of my country! Go! Leave! Fuck off! <laughs> Go! Leave! I moved to your country in 20 years and I'm a dry cleaner! Fuck you! <laughs> I'm dreaming of a fucking escape. You get weekly played. I'm running home for the holidays. Uh, it's a holly jolly fuck situation. Uh, fuck the halls. Uh, God. <coughs> Look, man, I'm just saying. Weird fucking wording. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, America's uh, participation. Yeah, America got the world's greatest blood-soaked participation trophy. Thanks to Henry Kissinger for our participation in the Vietnam conflict. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look, this is why I say no outlet is perfect, man. I like the post-millennial. I love the post-millennial big bunches. Is this the post-millennial or S-E-N-N-R? S-E-N-R. It's S-E-N-R, isn't it? I was right. It is the post-millennial. Look, I love a lot of their coverage, but man, man, did you drop the ball on that one. Hey, look, look, this is PBS, right? PBS is like, and is and always has been the mouthpiece for the establishment. And when PBS is like, yeah, we got fucked. Like, this is a kind of fucking America will not see until Joe Biden gets in office and fumbles Afghanistan. Then we'll see like an equal fucking, except for that one was actually fucking us a lot harder. Do you want to know why? The Vietnamese didn't rush the southern border with guns and weaponry. We left at a fucking airbase in Bagram. You know, at least when they did 9-11, they had to go and put the effort in of stealing a plane. Joe Biden left them armed fucking fighter jets. Luckily, the videos came out very briefly, like very quickly of them like flying around, joyriding, and then crashing. 
It's almost like they were never taught how to land the plane. It's like it wasn't a, a planned concept for their fucking uh, job, to put it lightly. Land. Well, you're going, you don't need land. Only need only thing you need to do is land that dick in 72 virgin pussy. That's what good, good halab pussy sounds like, brother. Habibi. In paradise. Yes. Oh, God. That's those Muslim countries that follow my podcast. They're just dwindling at this point. But get the fuck out of here. was assigned to rescue U.S. Ambassador Graham the mission evolved into an 18-hour day of shuttling people. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith whacking in a fucking corner of the hotel in that one chair that's always in the corner of every hotel room. While Autumn and fucking Jada were busy, he participated in the fucking event. America was fucking Autumn in Vietnam. What the fuck are you talking about? God, that, 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 that joke made zero sense. Unless you really follow that Jada Will Smith shit. Fuck me. People to an armada of ships waiting in the South China Sea. And as Barry flew toward the U.S. Embassy in Saigon, he could see enemy tanks approaching the city. So I land behind the embassy, said, I'm, I'm here to get the ambassador. Because I'm thinking somebody told him I was coming to get him. Well, then somebody else uh, gets on the phone and said, well, the ambassador isn't coming. Well, really? <laughs> so I'm supposed to get him. Well, no, he's not. So take a lift of these, so they loaded Vietnamese on. In the early hours of April 30th, despite multiple flights with hundreds of evacuees and with time running out, Barry uttered three words that meant it was imperative for the U.S. diplomat to leave. I'm not leaving the roof until the ambassador's on board. <laughs> Plot twist. Out of nowhere, I just, I said, the president sends. Two minutes later, the ambassador's up with his whole staff to come come out. That's all we needed. Probably needed. I could have said that at 12 in the afternoon. So he comes up, gets on. We fly out with the ambassador, and you make the call. You know, tiger, tiger, tiger. That means the ambassador's out. Personally, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that uh, we, uh, the United States of America, Just like Afghanistan. is uh, being humiliated uh, and is leaving uh, an area that we had come to defend. And uh, we've been defeated. Oh, yes, we've chosen to leave, but we've chosen to leave because it's no longer defendable with the resources that we have. <laughs> Do you hear the fucking... Hey, gold medal for mental gymnastics, my man. Look, we chose to leave. We were totally in control. We chose to leave because the situation became uncontrollable folks please trust me i totally love the situation it's like when you watch your friend in a bar provoke a fucking bar fight and then he talks all that shit gets knocked the fuck out gets up and goes look i went down on purpose in fact i felt bad for embarrassing you in the first place i want to make you look good it's just like dog you got fucking annihilated for talking shit stop no, you just weird spins. It's the wording. It's the fucking. We were totally winning. We lost because we were winning. In fact, there's so much winning. We were sick of winning, folks. We were real fucking tired of winning, folks. 
So we started to lose. By choice. And no one makes choices like me, folks. I've uh, chosen to commit. And the, the limits fuck? that we have put on our involvement in South Vietnam. Can we stop with like all the weird word games we always do with the fucking Vietnam War? The invasion? However you want to fucking call it. It's just kind of a weird thing. We're like, oh, you know, the conflict. Oh, we totally won the Vietnam War, guys. No, we didn't. How the fuck do you think we won the Vietnam Why do you think we pulled out voluntarily? We were ran off by dudes with rusty, broken AKs they got from jaded Russian fucking arms dealers that wanted to, like, see America get its ass handed to them. Like, I don't know what the fuck. The fuck? Ugh. Sheesh. Anyway, let's get back into it, shall we? Now we got that little whack-ass history out of it. I should do a thing. Whack-ass history. But let, 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 let's continue on. Praise. Uh, jointly, <laughs> Kissinger and Lee Duc Tho, the leader of North Vietnam, Vietnam, jointly received the Nobel Prize for their negotiations that concluded the U.S. participation in the Vietnam War. <sighs> Oh, if you know what, Joe Biden should get a Nobel Peace Prize for ending our participation in the Afghanistan conflict. Kissinger, a Jewish refugee, escaped Nazi... Uh... Look, this is that same kind of spin they put on people like George Soros. They're like, he's a Holocaust. George Soros was helping the Nazis. So was this fucker. What are you... What the fuck are you on about, mate? You fucking dense. Alright. I don't get the legacy behind this guy. I don't get the weird admiration for him. Hey, look. If you're a fucking... If you're that Kissinger bro out there, you know that Kissinger 2024 guy out there, make your argument in the comments below. I am genuinely in good faith. Look. <laughs> if you're not willing to have your mind changed, then why have one? So, if you actually have a good argument for, like, yeah, you're wrong about Kissinger, and here's why. Hey, I welcome it. I like and I pin good comments all the time. Like, look at most of the videos that I have up on BitChute mainly. I pin comments. If they're good comments, so they got a lot of information to them, I pin them, I engage with them, I ask questions, ask for sources. And if your source is, I made it the fuck up. Hey, I, I mean, I'll dab you up, but I don't know where you want me to go with that. But, all right, let's get back into it. A Jewish refugee mm -hmm. escaped Nazi Germany with his family in 1938. After settling in the United States, all right. Actually, hold on, real quick. Here we go. Because facts do fucking matter, and fact checking yourself does matter when. I <laughs> Sorry, when you think you're wrong. Henry Kissinger had nothing to do with helping the Nazis. There's just a wave of fucking articles that I'll talk about how it shaped his worldview. So, complete correction. However, not like, however, even though I was wrong about this, uh, but to completely be like that. Ooh, wow. So, a handful of years ago, it was a lot easier to find 
articles that didn't dance around the bush so fucking hard. But, you know what? TLDR, yes, Nazi sympathizer. If you want, I'll leave this article in the description below. I'm actually going to give this whole thing its own little fucking dedication. But, no, George Soros was not a Nazi or a Nazi collaborator in World War II. Soros was all 13 years old when the Nazis occupied Hungary, his home country, and 14 when World War II ended. Right here. During World War II, George Soros was a member of the SS, a Nazi paramilitary organization, or a Nazi collaborator who helped confiscate property from Jews. Hmm. So the thing was... No one really made the claim that he was a Nazi <laughs> officer. There was a photo that for a long time people thought was him in, like, a uniform. It was just a random postal Nazi guy. Just a random kid who was, like, a Hitler youth mailman. Uh, however, that's always mixed in. To th- Let's just scroll down here a little bit, shall we? George Soros. So, right here. Scroll in. Boop, 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 boop. Just for like a little example of the wordplay here. Like I said, I'm going to give this whole article, this whole Snopes thing, its own fucking dedication. Scrolling through it. But let's go down here. It was also claimed that Soros survived the German occupation of Budapest by becoming a Nazi collaborator, Fox News pundit Glenn Beck alleged in November 2010. For example, the that the 14-year-old Soros helped the government confiscate the lands of his fellow Jewish friends and neighbors. And worse, in Beck's view, was unrepentant about it. Now, get ready for the, he was just a boy, argument. So, when George Soros was 14, his father, and this is right here, this little, this little different color thing. This is the Snopes fact check cubicle, by the way. You'll notice I scrolled past a few of them. You can go back and pause it if you want to read those. Just scroll past for any sketchy reasons. And if you want... There's also going to be an article, a link to this article in the description below, as always. So, continue on. So, when George Soros was 14 years old, his father basically bribed a government official to take his son in and let him pretend to be a Christian. Pretending to be a Christian! You, you're going to say, he didn't know why he had to pretend to be a Christian? Look, maybe I'm a weird exa- uh, example an outlier here, but I think we all kind of had a sense the government was fucked when we were teenagers, hence the inherent rebellion in us. So when you literally know the government's murdering and murking people around you of Jewish heritage and faith, so much to the point where you actively are pretending to be a Christian and your father's paying a Nazi to protect you as long as you maintain this facade of Christianity. Sounds like we got the collaboration part down. Exchange of money... Agreement to go along with the plot. Hmm. Weird. Seems like we got a collaboration of sorts. Doesn't it? Let's continue on, shall we? His father was just trying to help keep him alive. He even had to go around confiscating property of Jewish people. Oh, no! But you said it was a false claim! What happened? I thought it was a false claim. Fuck. I was like, well, but the claim is he collaborated with Nazis and, and wanted to confiscate, wanted to confiscate, wanted to confiscate Jewish people's property and he 
him and his father collaborated with Nazis, and he had to help them confiscate Jewish people's property. Where's the lie? This is the problem with Snopes. I've said this before. A lot of people have said this similar things. Snopes will run an article, and it'll be like, look, let's say uh, Joe Biden goes on microphone and is asked, hey, what do you think of Kanye West? And he just goes, he's a fucking hard R. Hey, we're a Christian show here. We don't say that kind of... We don't say that that language around these parts. <laughs> anyway. Snopes would run an article if Joe Biden went on there and said, that man's a nigward. Snopes would run an article saying, did Joe Biden call Kanye West a nigward? On a snowy July afternoon? False. And then, sorry if I just blew your ears out, then they'll scroll down to the little helpful little, little box and they'll read, while Joe Biden did in fact call Kanye West a nigward, it was not a snowing July. In fact, July is not known for its snowy weather, despite the common adage, winter in July. Uh, that's the thing about Snopes and all these other fact-checking things. They'll say false, right? So when you go right, oops. So when you go here, right, just to the the Google thing right here, boop, 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 fact check, says false, says false, says false right here. No, George Soros right here. Fact check by Snopes.com. False. Or a Nazi collaborator who helped confiscate Jewish property. Right here, he even had to go around confiscating property of Jewish people. Huh. Huh. Why yield? You're a Hungarian Jew who escaped the Holocaust by posing as a, a Christian. Right. And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would yes. say that that's when my character was Soros, made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and, and anticipate events, uh, and uh, one, one is threatened. It was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore. Hey, George Soros. Realize, 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 homie. We're working as a real donut. That you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. Oh, what? No! That's, that sounds... Uh... So, George, George, didn't you know Snopes said that that didn't happen? That, why would you come out here and lie about yourself, Mr. Soros? Get the fuck out of here. I fucking... Uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child, you don't, you don't see the connection. Yeah, as he recalls with a big fucking smile. You want to know why? Fuck you. I got mine, Anne. And frankly speaking. But it was it created no no problem at all. No feeling of guilt. No. 
for example. Oh, that, what's uh, about him being I'm unrepentant? Uh, and here I am watching these people go, I could just as easily be there. I should be there. None of that. Well, uh, of course, I could, uh, <coughs> I could be on the other side, or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because uh, that was... Uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it. Folks, that's how you know he's Jewish. He goes, look, Goyim, just because, look, look, hey, Gentile, oi, hey, Goy, Goy, hear me out, whoa. Look, Mr. Kind Goyim with the, with the idol worship and the false gods and the idols and the prophets and the whatnots. Hear me out, hear me out. Helping kill my own people. In exchange for financial gain and profit is a lot like the stock market. Oy vey. How do you not comprehend that? What is wrong with you? Goyim, you do not understand the powers. The powers. I rub these these coins together in hopes you sweet Goyim signal it out. But somebody else would, 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 would be taking it away anyhow. You know, it was the, whether I was there or not, but I was only a spectator. The property was being taken away. So I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. I just, I just fucking did it. Why should I feel bad? Fuck them. Alright, folks, that's all. That's all you need to see with that one. Again, I'll leave a link to that in the description below. Let's get back to the main article here at hand. God damn. I just... Look, when I say something like that, I'm going to affect it myself. I didn't see anything that said Henry Kissinger... I remember reading a bunch of shit back in the day that claimed Henry Kissinger was, but I couldn't seem to find anything that had that issue linking to the fact check department. But hey, maybe I, maybe I missed something. But when it came to George Soros, I'm like, I know that motherfucker was a Nazi sympathizer. I watched him admit it. And there's that clip that I watched when I was a kid. There, there you go. Anyway, moving on. So when they try to say MKUltra didn't happen, you're like, we had classified documents in libraryofcongress.gov that we just type in MKUltra in the search bar. It comes up. What are you, what are you talking about? I know so many times it's like people look Illuminati's not real. Then you go to the Library of Congress and you type in Illuminati, and there's tons of official letters talking about it in the official Library of Congress.gov. Go do it. Fun homework assignment, folks. But let's get back into the articles at hand. Again, Henry Kissinger died. Tragic event. America in mourning. I know to do with the body. There's gunshots somewhere outside. Maybe they a good aim. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's not find out, actually. I'm, I'm not going to go find out. You go find out. Uh, studies at Harvard Kissinger, a Jewish refugee, escaped Nazi Germany with his family in 1938. After settling in the United States, he demonstrated academic excellence, com- uh, completing his undergraduate studies at Harvard in 1950. Under the mentorship of William... Yandel Elliott. He furthered his education at Harvard University, earning both an MA and a PhD degrees in 1951 and 1954, respectfully. Up until his death, Kissinger 
was considered to be one of the most polarizing figures in American politics. Yeah. Uh, and Dick Cheney's also a real fucking... I wonder I wonder if that guy fucking was a good, uh, a good one or not. In response to the Ukraine war, Kissinger reversed his position advocating for Ukraine to join NATO, a.k.a. ensuring World War III. Literally. Because if any NATO country is attacked, it's part of Article 3 of NATO that all countries respond as if they were personally attacked. Now, when 9-11 happened, that didn't really seem to be the uh, response globally. wonder why that happened. Bush. Um, I was opposed to the... Mem- Let's see. Before this war, I was opposed to the membership of Ukraine and NATO because I feared it would start a very process that we are now seeing. Now that this process has reached this level, the idea of a neutral Ukraine under those conditions no longer makes sense. He died in his home in Connecticut. Go fuck yourself. Now, what do we do with this body, folks? We have a body of a dead POS. What do we do with it? British inquiry finds serious failings at hospital where workers had sex with more than a hundred corpses. I am just saying. Look, we in a numerology... Died at 100, this man has fucked 100 corpses. Let's get that bitch to a nice 101. Real educational-like. David Fuller's article by Brian Brian Melanie. Imagine you go to, you know, fucking journalist school, and this is what you walk away with. You have to write shit. You, you walk away, you, you go to all, you go become a, 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 you got a degree in journalism. And you write sentences like, the male's penis, or... <laughs> His vagina and her penis. Man fucked a hundred corpses over 15 years without being detected. I paid for this press credential. Goofy. London AP. A British government ordered inquiry, yeah, said Tuesday it found serious filings. At hospitals, where an electrician who was later convicted, yeah, of murder, has been able to have sex with more than a hundred, more than a hundred corpses, the cold, stiff, lifeless bags, just like the Queen, mate. Wild, wild. Let me get an Australian in this one. Over the past fifteen years, without being detected, David Fuller's necrophilia. Was uncovered in twenty in twenty twenty when police used DNA to tie him to the nineteen eighty seven slayings of two women, and also discovered millions of images of sexually of sexual abuse at his home. The images included videos of him having sex with the dead bodies of women and girls in the moratories at two hospitals where he worked in at least England. Well, I'm going to stop reading this here, because you get the joke. Uh, later on in the article, he kind of swung both ways. And I, I think this man's last meal, when he's marched to death row for his horrific crimes against the dead, I think his last meal should be a nice, heaping mouthful of Henry Kissinger's meat. I will talk to you all later.
Space News. Bomb threats at multiple state capitals are being investigated by the FBI. The agency considers all of them a hoax, but it adds to a string of rising swatting incidents. Uh, swatting essentially is when a, a fake call is made by a person to police reporting a made-up threat serious enough to bring out officers or SWAT teams to a location. Yeah, Kelsey Kernstein is here with the latest on this story. Kelsey, what's the deal here? Good morning. Good morning, I'm Mark and Adrian. So reports say that a mass email was sent out titled Explosives Inside of Your State Capitol, adding explosives would go off in a couple of hours. This creating fear at state capitals. In fact, around the country, Connecticut, Georgia, Hawaii, Kentucky, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, and Montana. They're just some of the states that evacuated buildings while others went into immediate lockdown. News Nation's law and justice contributor and former FBI special agent Jennifer Koffendoffer explains what the motive could be for these threats. It's typically revenge or anger or them wanting to make some sort of political statement against somebody else. In other words, it's really a harassing type situation, and they realize how dangerous it is. Now, this is just a part of a string of swatting calls that we've recently seen across the country. Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and Florida Senator Rick Scott were also targeted over the holidays. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu, New York's representative Brandon Williams, and Ohio Attorney General David Yost were also swatted. Well, swatting is very dangerous, and let me tell you why. They are looking when a call comes in and SWAT or law enforcement is uh, dispatched to a particular location, and especially in a situation where it's a congressional or a senator uh, figure that's involved that's high profile. Uh, well, and it really, in all instances, they're taken very seriously. And that means that lethal force, uh, they're setting up to use that if necessary. And right now, there are no official statistics on swatting calls, but law enforcement says hundreds of swatting incidences are recorded every single year. The FBI has now created a virtual command center partnering with state, local, and federal law enforcement to, quote, track and create a real-time picture of swatting incidents. Now, the FBI is also telling people to remain vigilant. Republicans are being targeted with bogus 911 calls designed to have them shot by the cops. It's called swatting, where haters call emergency hotlines to report fake violent crimes like kidnapping or active shootings at a specific address. So SWAT teams show up with guns drawn. This can be deadly. Walk to me, please. Walk this way, Walk right here. Me. Come here. Walk to me. Keep your hands up. Keep hands coming. up. Hands Keep up. Hands. Walk this way. Walk. Some Americans who were swatted died of heart attacks. Others were fatally shot. Two days after Christmas, Florida Senator Rick Scott was swatted. A 911 call claimed Rick Scott's house was the scene of a discovered love affair turned kidnapping turned extortion attempt. Oh, and there was a bomb. It seems like it's people that have supported Israel, Trump supporters, uh, people like me up for re-election uh, that they're going after because they, they want something bad to happen. They want to have a deadly incident. Rick Scott was one of several Republicans swatted over the holidays. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Republican congresswoman from Georgia, was victimized. 
A caller claimed her house was the scene of a murder-suicide in progress. MTG, as she's called, is well-armed. And with law enforcement showing up to an urgent call like that, the congresswoman or the police could misread the situation and it could turn deadly in an instant. Luckily, since Marjorie Taylor Greene's been swatted at least eight times, police stood down. But she might be the most swatted politician in America. Police have shown up to her house, responding to various false 911 calls, one claiming there were body parts in her bathtub, which is why I don't take bubble baths. They give the wrong impression. These callers are difficult to apprehend because they use proxies to spoof their locations and disguise their identities. And if they are ID'd, swatting isn't even against federal law. And a lot of the time, the callers are minors. It's very difficult to prosecute because it hasn't been legislated. So let's talk with a legislator who knows a little thing or two about swatting. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congresswoman, what's it like when cops show up thinking there's an active shooter situation in your living room? It's actually terrifying, Jesse. The first time it happened to me, it was right after I introduced a bill to stop the transgender surgeries on children and to stop puberty blockers uh, being given to children because kids need to grow up before they make those kind of decisions. And it was a trans activist that started these calls on me. And you can see this video in my home where I had to go to the door in the middle of the night where the SWAT team had showed up. They, they had gun in hand. Um, they had been told that I had murdered someone and I was ready to either commit suicide and that I was willing to shoot police officers when they came to my house. It's extremely serious, Jesse. It's so serious that not only has it happened to me eight times, it's also happened to my family members. Both of my daughters were swatted over Christmas, um, along with dozens of other congressmen, women, uh, senators, and state government officials as well. And Jesse, I have to tell you, I've been very frustrated. Um, I've expected the FBI to be able to track these people down. I've expected the Department of Justice to be able to go after these people. And now it has risen to such a level where not only have I been swatted eight times, the Speaker of the House has been swatted, senators have been swatted, and I've started to ask, is this an attack on our government as well as an attack on the police? And is the Biden administration capable of handling what is happening with attempted assassinations on government officials? Because we know the Biden administration is not capable of stopping the invasion at the southern border, which has surely brought terrorists into our country. It's odd because the FBI can indict some Russian no one's ever heard of halfway around the world, but they can't some find someone who's making a prank call. By the we have some breaking news. We've learned that uh, special counsel Jack Smith was the victim of a swatting call on Christmas. And that's, of course, there's been a trend of that. And basically means yeah. we're going to be watching who's not sure that someone made false emergency calls to prompt a large police presence at his home. And this has, of course, happened a lot to a lot to Judge Tanya Chutkin, the Secretary of State in Maine, even to Marjorie Taylor Greene. What do you make of what's happening with these officials mm -hmm. and kind of the frequency of this at such a high level? Jen, this is the Pandora's box that Trump opened 
Uh, we mm. know from the January 6th hearings about the kinds of threats that election officials were receiving, Rusty Bowers in uh, Arizona. We know about uh, Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman. And we know about many others around the country who feared for their lives. We'll all remember that day that Gabe Sterling from Georgia stood in front of the mic and said, you're going to get somebody killed. Um, people have asked whether if Trump is reelected, we will see political violence. We are already seeing political violence. These threats... Um, are very, very serious indeed. Swatting mm -hmm. can result in really terrible um, uh, accidental uh, killings. And we need to be aware that this is part of Trump's mm, brand, the, the menace, the threat of violence. And his followers, this is why what he has done is so irresponsible. Hey, welcome back to the show, guys, and a very belated Happy New Year. Now, I will get that you know, warm, seasonal, Happy New Year episode out as soon as possible. But I am behind so many massive and constantly developing news stories that I'm going to focus on just doing a couple of these real quick, get a handful of episodes out, and then I'll do the feel-good, oh, guys, we got through another Earth rotation around the sun. But, hey, a lot of the goals that I did hope to achieve by this point, I did achieve with the help of you guys, and we'll get into that when I make that video. But... For now, let's start with this. Swatting and bomb threats have become a weapon being used against both right and left politicians and representatives, as well as multiple state capitals. And this is an ongoing event. Some articles now are saying that there's another one that just happened a few hours ago. Muddled reported on that, so I'm going to wait to see that, let that get flushed out a little bit, and then I'll record on that one uh, should more details come forward. But eight state capitals evacuated after bomb threats. Law enforcement in multiple states reported the threat was sent via email to government employees. Now, this is a wild uh, escalation. And by the way, emails, huh? So let's look at this from two angles before we get into the article. One, what would be the perspective of somebody emailing? these government buildings and demanding a shutdown. Is it a dangerous TikTok trend, kiddos? Or, you know, I've heard some people throw out the idea that this is, like, the government false flagging and stuff. I don't really think so. Like, we've had incidences where there have been lone actors going out, shooting up, uh, like, power generators, um, solar systems have been uh, vandalized and attacked. We've also had people who, you know, staffers have been attacked on the left and the right. Like, the ongoing attack using new age weaponry such as emails vpns phones ongoing whatever to say hey i got this anonymous thing so no one can track me i'm gonna send out a bunch of bomb threats x y and z or i'm gonna call this in using a vpn using like a google email phone a magic jack type device you know people are and also people are running up on staffers like i just said so Overall, I think this is more of an instant of social decay and trust in the systems breaking down. Because, dude, just a couple of years ago, if I told you, like, look, go back to 2019. If you were told all of the all of what's happened since 2019 to now happened, the Capitol building, uh, Joe Biden, Afghan, Middle East, uh, the complete fuck up at Abby's Gate and in the Bagram Air Base, to the vaccine mandate, Roe v. Wade getting overturned, um, the Brewer decision, 
and you get your way all the way up to now with President Trump getting former President Trump getting in his home raided, uh, the indictments, the mugshots. Now with the Epstein documents, they're not the client list. You need to drive that home. They're not the client list. But anyway, you get my point. Any number of crazy incidences that have happened since 2019 to now. If you were to go back in time, explain all of it to yourself. They make a composite list of the 150th craziest things that happened since 2019 to now. Explain it to yourself. You would be mind-boggled. You wouldn't believe it. You'd laugh at yourself and be like, what the fuck is happening? But now we're at a point where, look, for example, we're talking about swatting, too. You know, anybody who's watched political commentators for a while or live streamers or Twitch back in the day, you know swatting is not an uncommon event. Now, I do think you should carry, like, a at minimum an attempted murder charge with it because a lot of people have been killed and harmed during swattings. You know, as well as countless families and pets having someone in the house getting shot or killed as well. But now we're seeing swatting used against politicians, representatives, and even, like, private citizens. Because we're going to talk about that after we get through this story. We're going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Soros getting swatted. That's kind of wild. And, again, if you watch, like, uh, follow me on YouTube. I do the Chaircast IRL thing, which is literally just lo-fi bumpers and four hours of empty room from when Temple got raided. It's literally just as I take up four hours a night of plugging alternative media. You can go check it out. You can get an idea of what I'm talking about when I do it. But let's get right into this. I've rambled enough. It's just a real wild thing to see. And it's coordinated, too. Like, I don't know. What information about this particular story have you guys come across? Send me your links. Send me information. Let me know what you think in the comments below. And all that good 2016 YouTuber chit-chat shit. Smash the like button. Who dat boy? Let's get into it. Eight state capitals evacuated for bomb threats. Law enforcement in multiple states reported the threat was sent via email to government employees. Published originally January 3rd, 2024. Now we're going to get into a new article, like I said. Let's get into it. By Hannah Claire Brimlow, a writer for Timcast IRL. Or Scanner, whatever. And of course, we're over here at Scanner, SCNR. At least eight state capitol buildings were evacuated on January 3rd following bomb threats. Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, Montana, Maine, Minnesota, Michigan, and Hawaii were all subjected to the threats that were ultimately cleared by law enforcement. The threats are now being investigated by the Department of Homeland Security. The wave of fake threats comes after multiple swatting calls to the homes of high-profile figures, including Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congressman Brandon Williams, Senator Rick Scott, and billionaire George Soros. Law enforcement swept the Hawaii capital and with special operations explosive detection canine units for three hours and found no evidence of any explosives. But it is worth keeping in mind. The pipe pipe bombs and stuff that were placed around the capital allegedly three years ago on January 6th, they still never really found anybody. They accused people of it, investigations are done, people have been released for it. They've really ran through the gauntlet of people they've accused of that, and no one's really come forward. So, again, this is a weird thing that seems to be a trend. Government actors have been given bomb threat. We don't know who it is. You can find the flea that bit a senator's dog on the ass within 24 hours and have the thing executed, but you can't find this. Very weird. It's the same thing like when Ash, when uh, Joe Biden's granddaughter got carjacked, and they didn't find out. They couldn't find out who did it. It's like really. In D.C., the most cameraed city in all of fucking America. 
Right, 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 right. I got these. Uh, I got these sunglasses. They're in storage, but what they do is when you put them on, they have a, a lens to them, and it catches. It lights up whenever there's a hidden camera or a camera of any kind recording. It makes the lens reflect. Like it, I don't know exactly the the tech behind it or how it works, but I've been to DC wearing these sunglasses. Everything, even statues, have cameras in them. My man, I don't. It's, it's a weird thing, you know. Quote, there are 76 elected officials here in the building and all of their staff. And all the support staff, the research staff, so lots of people, hundreds of people here in the building. Said Representative Diamond Garcia per KITV. Ooh, that's a cool name. Diamond Garcia. Sounds like a mob name, don't it? No explosives were found in the Mississippi State Capitol, which went into lockdown. The state the state Senate delayed its 10 a.m. morning meeting until the afternoon. The Mississippi Department of Public Safety notified the public that there were no further threats, but did not release additional details about the incident, per WLOX. The Minnesota State Patrol reportedly learned of the bomb threats, which was sent via email around 9 a.m. At 9.30 a.m., security searched the building for roughly 45 minutes, but did not find anything deemed suspicious or threatening. Quote, The state Supreme Court, seven justices were in the main building, second floor. Courtroom hearing oral arguments on the case involving a man's challenge to the revocation of his driver's license. Reports that the Star Tribune, quote, when the judges received word of the threat, they stepped off the bench and walked across the street to a courtroom in the judicial center and continued hearing the case. Because nothing stops the ever-grinding wheels of justice, right? Law enforcement in Georgia also reportedly reported that a hoax email containing a bomb threat was sent to a state employee. The building was locked down in cert, and a search was conducted. It was later declared to be all cleared and reopened. It's unclear who sent the threat and to who the threat was sent at the time of reporting, stated the messenger. Montana cleared its own state capital around 8.30 a.m. local time and searched for explosives around 10 a.m. Quote, in response to this morning's bomb threat, the Montana State Capitol Department of Administration General Services has been working closely with local law enforcement officials, said the department or the DOA spokesperson, Megan Gorski, in a statement. <coughs> sorry. As per the Helena Independent Record, a quote a sweep has been completed, and the threat was found to not be credible. The building has been reopened to the public. Authorities in Maine ordered roughly 300 people to leave the state capitol on the first day of legislation. Legislator was in session after the winter recess. The threat was discovered around 1.45 p.m. local time, and no explosives were discovered during a search conducted with K-9 units. A hoax threat was sent via email to a state house employee per Banger Daily News. The incident I hear about that art, that outlet a lot, and I've never used it. It's funny how it pops up occasionally. Anyway, the incident comes three weeks after 60 schools in Maine were sent bomb threats via email in December. 
Kentucky closed its capital on the morning of January 3rd after receiving bomb threats via an email with the subject, quote, explosives inside your state capital. Quote, I placed multiple explosives inside your state capital. The explosives are well hidden inside, and they will go off in a few hours, read the message, according to the screenshots obtained and shared on X by Lex18 News. Reporter Carolina Bershk, quote, I will make sure you all end up dead. Right here. Just read what it says right there, and we're going to move on. Continue with her tweet here. The Kentucky Capitol is now back open after bomb threats this morning. The threat was emailed into the Secretary of State's office. It specifically went to deep into, specifically went to the Deputy Secretary of State's email address. She will be speaking to Lex18 or Lex18 News in a few minutes. Right here. Michigan also received a bomb threat. Uh oh. Uh oh. My own backyard. Received a bomb threat via email. The message was received by the Michigan State Capitol Commission's general account around 7.45 a.m. local time. The Capitol building was evacuated just after 10 a.m. The building was searched and cleared by midday, but remained closed to visitors. Quote, out of an abundance of caution, according to State Police Spokeswoman Lori Dugvito. Quote, neither... The House nor the Senate were in session Wednesday, meaning there were fewer people in the Capitol building than usual, reported the Detroit News. Got some history with them, actually. Quote, lawmakers are planning to return to the Capitol on January 10th. Ah, uh, yeah, the Detroit News is way better. By the way, the Detroit News over the Detroit Free Press any day of the week. They're not, either. neither one of them is, like, in my top ten, I'm just saying, but, like, if you're ever in the area and you're trying to pick up a newspaper to read because you're weird like me and you prefer the feeling of newspapers in your hand when you read something, I know, it's weird. Maybe I'm spectrum-y, right? Because, let's face it, it's 2023, guys, and if you're not on the spectrum, what are you doing? You got a rhythm with the tism. Now, whatever, <laughs> whatever the, the tism goes with is up to you. But let's continue on. She's like, everybody's on the fucking spectrum today, right? Like, everybody I talk to, I'm autistic. I'm autistic! And I remember, like, ten years ago, like, autistic was, like, a weird nebulous thing that, like, no one really understood. Like, I was this, I'm dyslexic, and people were like, does that mean you're autistic? I'm like, I don't fucking know. My B's and D's swim around like fucking alphabet soup, dog. I don't know what to tell you. So let's, let's get into it. The Federal Bureau of Investigation sold the fucking AP News but rag. That it was aware of multiple bomb threats to state capitals across the country, but had, quote, no information to indicate a specific and credible threat. The FBI takes hoax threats very seriously because it puts innocent people at risk, the agency noted. Yep, now we're going to hop right over here to let it load. George Soros. Oh, hold on. George Soros Southampton Estate swatted in the latest fake 911 call. By Susan Elderman and George Fitzgibson, published January 1st, 2024. Now, this is a sad one, right? Now, let's get into this one. Got a little video here. Oh, there's an ad. So, let this ad play out. On Christmas Day, you're, wrap, you're opening presents with your friends and your families. You're all gathered around, and somebody calls in a swatting. Next thing you know, your family event and gathering, your little intimate, warm, 
George Rockwell painting Christmas has been utterly flipped upside down on its fucking head. Your kids are crying, family's scared, armed men are demanding to search your premises, and they got barking, worked up angry dogs. That's a, it's, it's a fucking, it's a shame, you know? And, again, uh, I think Swatting needs to carry a minimum attempted murder charge with it. People have been killed by swatting. And, look, if you're on the left and you swat somebody on the right and they get killed, you're running the risk. And look, this is, like, let's remove all the moral arguments out of this, right? All the moral arguments about why swatting anyone, regardless of religious or political views, is reprehensible. Let's remove all that and go with a strictly strategic point of view, folks. And I'll tap right into that little, little, dewy 5% of my DNA for this one. Listen, goy... If you if you attack the enemy and you take them out, you run the chance. you'll run the chance of making a martyr out of them, and that's what the Jews did. And they made the Jesus Christ, and now all the Christians exist. It's a real embarrassment. All right, we should we shouldn't have done that. Now he's been martyred. Now I'm gonna go back to being myself. Put Shechem Goldblack back in the bag there. Yeah, if you take out your enemy through swatting or any sort of incident like this where they're caught off guard, perceived as the innocent person, and whacked, you create a martyr where their causes and views now have a victim card to go with it where people are drawn to support it over you now. And the same thing goes to whoever swatted George Soros, assuming that's a different person. I really think this might be just like one to two people, very similar attacks all there. I just find it weird that it's email, right? Like in modern day email? Okay, whatever. We'll see where that goes. Definitely raises a red flag to me that it's email. But, but, again, if, if you swat George Soros and he gets killed, he's a 90-something-year-old man, right? Evil, Nazi, all that stuff aside, you you take him out, he becomes a victim. Um, he gets martyred by people. Same thing with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Same thing with Donald Trump, anyone. I don't care who the fuck you are. There is no good reason to swat somebody. Is literally just the act of an insane person. It's unfortunate. It's a part of our life, and there's not really any good laws to counter it. But let's watch this video. Former NYPD officer Bill Stanton joins me now. Bill, thank you for joining us. Former NYPD officer Bill Stanton joins me now. Bill, thank you for joining us. So why don't you explain to our viewers just how dangerous a swatting situation is? Rachel, thank you for having me. Well, these self-loathing, you know, miscreant losers, you know, think they're going to empower themselves by weaponizing city, state, and federal agencies. In this case, swatting. And what they do is they'll either call from a burner phone or a non-traceable line, and they'll either call or text in the alleged threat. And what they're doing is they're committing a crime by making false allegations. They're wasting taxpayer money. But the most important thing is they could potentially be endangering the lives of the address they're going to and the officers involved. Because if someone's coming up on my house in plain clothes and they're not properly identified, someone's going to get hurt one way or the other. And this is what they're hoping to cause constant chaos because they have no relevancy in their lives. I think that might be a little bit projection to what he was saying, but ultimately the core of what he said is true. And again, it's... 
I don't know. You have people. It's not necessarily because they have a lack of meaning. This gives them meaning. That's more the problem you're working with here. Because they're like, these are just rogue incels, man, with no real reason. No, no, no. No, 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 no. By acting as if there is no reason to their actions, no rhyme or reason, no end goal to it, you create this vagueness, this ethereal boogeyman you can go after. And also, give the media someone they can, uh, some malleable figure they can bend to fit whatever agenda they need. Yeah, no, there's a rhyme and a reason to this. We don't know what it is currently, but there's a reason why they're doing it. It's not because they perceive their life as having no meaning. Perhaps their life's meaning to them is to cause chaos. Joker, joke aside here, there are some people who really dedicate their lives to being nothing other than an agent of chaos. And unfortunately, some people are very proficient at it. it these people exist. Like I said, Joker, jokes aside here, that's a real type of person out there in the world who exists, and if you don't believe that, I'm really sorry to tell you it, but <laughs> psychopaths do what they do for a reason. I mean, this is what they what it is for sure, but I don't know. I I, fi- I found some of the wording interesting to use uh to use there. Sorry, I I don't like media having any wiggle room with its boogeymen because it has a issue with using hyperbole to turn this boogeyman to whatever they need to scare the masses like look what they did with covid which was essentially the flu but let's let's actually fucking diet flu let's get into it george soros wait wait a minute all right george soros southampton estate swatted in latest fake 911 call George Soros, posh Southampton estate, was swatted over the weekend as the leafy-leaning billionaire, as the lefty-leaning billionaire, my apologies, became the latest high-profile victim of 911 pranks. Southampton police said that they received the 911 call shortly shortly before 9 p.m. Saturday, with the caller telling the cops that they had just shot his wife at the ritzy South Shore, South Shore Mance, and was threatening to shoot himself, sending officers rushing to the scene. The report turned out to be bogus. Southampton Police Detective Sergeant Herman Lampson said Monday, quote, spoke to security. Spoke to security. Searched the premises. There was a negative problem. One cop responding to the scene reported, according to the recording of the police radio traffic obtained by the Post, Lamson confirmed that 93-year-old billionaire is, is the owner of the Long Island estate and Old Town Road. Well, I'ma take my check down the old town road and I'm gonna find some globalism. Uh, you know, globalism, that's, that's, that's this man's particular tism. It is not clear Soros or members of his family were home at the time of the incident. Again, it's just a bad play in general. God forbid something does happen to him here. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, God weeps when the wicked die. Me, not so much, but still. It's not a good look. <laughs> it's also morally reprehensible. 
you want your enemies and you want people who've done evil to face justice. And when you do something like this, you run the risk of them just being victimized. And that's exactly what it is when you get killed in a SWAT, no matter who you are. You're you're being victimized pretty roughly there. <laughs> and it's weird to say about George Soros, but, you know, unsubscribe if, for me if you don't like it. You know, audience captures, that's something I'm really concerned about here. It's just a really bad fucking play. And plus, he's an old... <laughs> You know, plus he's an old ass dude. Like, he also has heavily armed security. Like, this very easily could have escalated. Same thing with Marjorie Taylor Greene's instance. They have armed security, so when this happens, you know, a shootout is highly likely. A lot of people, local authority, could have been killed. A lot of bystanders in their houses could have been killed by you know rogue bullets going through windows. A lot, a lot of bad things could have happened here today. And even then. Your problem, much like mine, lies with George Soros' individual. Not with his family, his grandkids, none of them. They're bystanders. I don't inherently believe in the sins of the father, though at some point you do have to rectify that. It doesn't exactly mean you need to bear the burden of it. You are not your father, and you are not your forefather, nor are you responsible for their crimes. But, a swatting could have easily harmed his grandkids, him, whoever the fuck. I don't exactly even know if he has grandkids. I doubt it. This man's never uh, really had to suffer constipation, if you get my gr my uh, my grift here. Let's continue on. Southampton prank was just the latest in, a, in the incidents of swatting. Phony calls to police reporting crimes, a specific address targeting high-profile individuals on Friday. Police in Virginia responded to the home of George Washington University's Legal scholar Jonathan Turley, after bogus 911 calls to Fairfax County Police that someone had been shot at the address. Quote, yes, I was swatted this evening, Turley said in a statement. It is regrettably a manifestation of our age, of age our, of our age or rage. Tongue twisters on a dyslexic individual is very mean, but all right. On Christmas Day, police were dispatched to the home of Rep. Marge Taylor Greene, a, a rep from Georgia, following a fake 911 call from a man who said he shot his girlfriend there. Jesus. George Soros on vacation with his family in Barbados last week before the swatting. Okay, yeah, so he does have grandkids and stuff. All right. <clears throat> Four other Georgia lawmakers, Republican State Senator John Albers, Kay Kirkpatrick, and Clint Dixon. Clint Dixon. That's a cool name. And Democrat Jim J uh, Kim Jackson were swatted the same day, according to the reports. Another victim of Christmas Day pranks was upstate New York GOP rep Brandon Williams. On Thursday, Georgia GOP Lieutenant Gov. Burt Jones was also swatted with a bogus bomb threat called into police one day after U.S. Rep. Rick Scott, a Republican from Florida, was the target of another call that set police rushing to his Naples home. Among the other recent swatting victims were Boston Mayor Michael Wu, or Michelle Wu, my apologies, a Democrat, and U.S. Rep. Kevin Miller, an Ohio Republican. Yeah, no, it's absolutely insane. Now we're going to hop over here real quick to the last article, and then we'll check out some comments and uh, wrap this episode up. 
Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene says she was swatted last night. Reported, uh, well, actually, my mistake here, this is an older swatting incident. Alright, corrected the mistake. Marjorie Taylor Greene says she was swatted on Christmas Day with her family the eighth time. The eighth time. Folks, these are people who have security. Armed security. And not only that, they are armed individuals themselves. Both on the left and the right. On the left, there's more of a predominance to have armed security. Whereas on the right, there's more of a, a you know, propensity to arm themselves, to protect themselves. Staunch, rugged individualism versus cottered urbanism. It is what it is. Now, but eighth time. And this is only Marjorie Taylor Greene. I cannot begin to imagine how many times people like Prop, possibly Rand Paul, and many other people have been swatted. Rand Paul has been straight up attacked. He was hit over the head by his neighbor. He was also, sh well, he was shot by his neighbor, bludgeoned by another person in his community. Like, the, this is not... <laughs> the active trust in the American systems is so degraded. And this isn't, oh, this is just the incels, people who are losers with nothing to do. No. This is a manifest manifestation of a much more deteriorated worldview of the country. This has been used as a swatting, has been a meme of sorts used against Twitch streamers and PewDiePie and tons of other people over the years who have been swatted. Again, made reference earlier, Tim Cass has been swatted multiple times on air. Eight times, with this time, the eighth time, being on Christmas with her friends, family, and loved ones. And now look, I like Mark Taylor Green. I got my criticisms of her, of course. But I don't want this to happen to anyone. It's reprehensible. And it's not a strategy used by a winning side. It's usually the strategy of either rogue actors. Again, they have the reason for doing what they're doing. And they need to be stopped. But it's just, it's very sad. Let's continue on, shall we? Article by Ryan King. What's this? List properties with... That's an ad. Far right! Rep. Mark Taylor Green, she's not far right by any means. Received an unwelcomed Christmas surprise Monday with cops getting called to the Georgia Republic... Oh, give me one second here. Getting called to the Georgia Republican's home in the latest incident of swatting and harassment against her. Spokesperson... A spokesperson for the Rome Police Department confirmed that confirmed to the Post that the 911 dispatch center received an emergency call to Green's address shortly before noon. An individual called a suicide hotline claiming to have shot his girlfriend and threatened to kill himself. According to the police, quote, our team, in their response, coordinated with her security. Details, and it was determined that there was no emergency and that she was safe. The spokesperson explained, quote, our response was actually canceled in route. Quote, I was just swatted. This is like the eighth time, Green posted on X. On Christmas Day with my family here, my local police are the greatest and shouldn't have to deal with this. Got the tweet right here. 
Uh, I was just swatted. This is like the eighth time on Christmas Day with my family. My local police are the greatest and shouldn't have to deal with this. I appreciate them so much. And my family and I are in joyous spirit celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't want to be that guy. He wasn't born in he wasn't born during December. Kind of just the Catholics taking some from the from the pagans. At, mm. It is what it is. I enjoy Christmas. Don't get me wrong, but I uh, I don't like the. Uh, well, the Lutheran doesn't like the fucking dates being taken out of context. But yeah, you, you know, Jesus wasn't born in December. Uh, some uh, uh, I don't have it offhand, but it was more like uh, like a June April birthday. But I have to double check that. But Christmas, no. Anyway, quote swatting is the harassment tactic in which pranksters report. A foe emergency to law enforcement and dispatch officers to the victim's address. Many conservatives have fallen victim to swatting. Activist Jack Posobiec, or Posobiec, as a lot of people seem to misunderstand his name, claimed his parents were swatted on Saturday. It's a damn shame. In August 2022, someone called the police on Green's home using a computer-generated voice to claim someone had been shot. That incident appeared to be related to anger over Green's position on transgendered youth rights. In subsequent post Monday, Green revealed that she re uh, received threats last week from a man who wanted to fight her. Quote, fight me, big mouth. I'll fucking smash your brains out on the curb. Have a nice time looking over your shoulder, shitbag. The individual allegedly messaged her December 21st, 2023. This man claimed he was being recruited by the FBI. That, that's not the most out there claim. Green further alleged that she went to the Capitol Police with the message and that the man has yet to be arrested. Capitol Police sent her an email noting the individual's response to inquiries about the threats. Quote, This outright absurdity to the email response and the fact that they had not arrested this guy is shocking. Thankfully, I'm a gun owner. Green vented. Like I said, people on the right, more likely to arm and protect themselves as opposed to relying on any third-party security. Sure, plenty of people right have the third-party security, but they also usually take their own security into their own hands. It's more of a, you know, propensity to uh, protect themselves. Green also teased that she intends to introduce legislation to crack down on swatting. I actually kind of welcome that. The Post contacted both the FBI and Capitol Police for comment. Green has been an adherent backer of former President Trump in the 2024 election cycle and has even mused about being his running mate. Alright, now we're looking at a couple comments before we wrap it up. Alright, right here by Alan Arsht. MGT is a powerful and smart congresswoman. I wish a lot of her male colleagues were as tough as she. Uh, LJ Gole, she is smart enough to be a master manipulator and deserve every piece of ill will bestowed on her and her family for the lies she... Okay, hold on. Stop. I'm going to stop you right there, LS Gole, because you're about as butt-fucking-retarded as they come. No. Your issues with the individual need to maintain with the individual. When you cross over to the point where you're willing to drag in their family, their loved ones, their friends, people they know, into your feud with them, you have crossed a threshold that 
warrants multiple people stepping in and stopping you. Now, I'm not calling for like authorities or anything, but if you're willing to drag other people into it, they have as much right to drag other people into their side of it as well. It's a mess. No, you have no, there is no justification for swatting, and it really shows where your mind's at that you think there's a justification for all this nonsense. Her family, she has little kids. She has grandkids who are are babies and children. And you're saying, she deserves this. They deserve it. The family deserves it. I'm also sure this into a person who would turn around and scream, well, Alex Jones shouldn't have said what he said about the family and Sandy Hook. Those kids died. No one deserves to lose their kids. So, again, maybe maybe you're consistent through and through here, but... Again, it's safe to say that you probably have this hypocritical viewpoints in there. And when it comes to anybody on your side, you probably, I swear to God, if I go and read the George Soros article comments and they're in there saying some other shit, I'm going to laugh my ass off. But right here, I call it MGT, short for you know what. I don't, I don't know what the acronym would be here. Anyway, right here, uh, last one we're going to read. Virgil to you, it seems to me after so many false reports to the same address, the police would just send a plainclothes cop to investigate or make a call and not show up with the police cruiser. Do they even go after these thugs and make these phony who make these phony calls and reports? I think a year in prison should teach them a good lesson. They do it for the dem, says FT. Uh, and Johnston USA NYC says, sure. Be the guy that didn't respond and then has lawsuits lawsuits out the wazoo when something really happens. It was wrong. I would not do that myself, but it's really funny given who she is today. Again, it's not funny. I, I don't see the humor in it. I don't see the humor in George Soros getting it. And there's a lot of people on the right who are, share tons of my worldviews who are laughing their asses off. And again, I'm just not comfortable with this as a tactic i know where it goes i know how it ends and i have you know no one i watch but people i know people who have watched with streamers who've gotten raided and swatted and people who've been killed or wounded during the swat incidents and i've seen clips of it you know like fuck live leak used to be a thing you know right here we're just read three comments from this article and wrap it up KJ, swatting is not a prank. It's a dangerous waste of police times and resources and needs to have serious legal consequences. Angelito West, spare me. Really? Isn't the Hamptons... <laughs> isn't... It's the Hamptons. Most have residents who live there have a better trained security detail than police department. These people have armed security guards. Again, not justification. This is a really weird, psychotic thing to, to say. I'm amused by it, that, that you're out here just saying this shit, but alright. Virginia Lee Jones says, Oh, please. This is a minor offense when compared to the invasion of the United States and Palestinians and their support over running NYC. This is not worthy of prosecution. It's juvenile. No, no, no. Sorry, Virginia. You are also butt-fucking-retarded. No. Swatting should carry, at bare minimum, an attempted murder sentence with it. It's not like a prank, where it's, uh, oops, I put a bucket of ice on top of a door waiting for you to open it, or something like this. No. This is many hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in taxpayers' dimes being burned up, resources being absolutely wasted, 
and a potential of someone being killed or harmed. I think anyone justified on either side and saying, well, lol, funny, is just a prank, bro, is unfucking hinged and has zero perspective as to what they're endorsing and cheering on here. It's reprehensible. That being said, I'm going to wrap this episode up here. And going into 2024, man, we're going to see a lot more of this, unfortunately. This is only the beginning of a very disturbing trend that's going to rapidly escalate as both AI voices, VPNs, and other kinds of cloaking uh, tech becomes available to online users and different apps become available on phones. You're going to see this rapidly spike. But I'm going to talk to you all later. Deuce. Now, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, So, Governor, uh, Governor DeSantis is hitting you for claiming the retirement age is, quote, way, way too low. He said, quote, I don't know why she's saying that. So are you saying that? Where do I you have stand never once said that. Well, wait, I've... wait, wait. In Bloomberg interview, you said um, anyone who says they'll leave America bankrupt, Social Security will go bankrupt, Medicare will, so we don't touch anyone's retirement. But go to people like my kids in their 20s and tell them the rules haven't changed. Change the retirement age to reflect life expectancy. Yes. I would not run if President Trump ran. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. I will not, not now, not ever, support raising the gas tax. Let's increase the gas tax by 10 cents over the next three years. Every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. I never said government should go and require anyone's That's name. false. So I think China's been a really great friend of ours. Yes, I view China as an enemy. That was um, not what I intended to say. I do not think we need to pull money from the U.N. The U.N., the only thing is we would defund the U.N. as much as possible. Uh, Madam Ambassador, another question is what care should be on the table when a 12-year-old child in this country, assigned female at birth, says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy. What should the law allow the response to be? Well, I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. You look around me, technically, this is an event that was supposed to start in the last few minutes, and, of course, it's empty, you've got empty chairs, stuff packed up in the corner, and signs just hanging on the wall. The only way you'd know that Nikki Haley was supposed to be here, they canceled this event just a few minutes ago. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm, as always, your host, Bowie David, and this is Starship Jefferson. SCNR is where we go for this story because it's fun, it's amusing. Donald Trump's calling people names, and I love nothing more than orange man calling people fucking names. It's fun. 2024 election news. Trump says Haley is a globalist funded by Biden donors. She likes the globe. I like America first. Fucking bitch. She is America's ex-wife. Fuck this bitch. Lacking Martin should never have sent a woman to do a man's job. That's what he should be saying. Published January 8th by Chris Bertman, and he's absolutely right. Look, I know a couple of people that are really on the Nikki Haley train, and I'm on the fuck that evil warmongering bitches. But the thing that's really fucking funny about her, 
She was raised Hindu. She's Hindu. She became a Christian in like her late 20s, allegedly. And she sits there and acts like she can't pr- pronounce Vivek Ramaswamy. She's like, Vivek, 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 Ramaswamy, Ramasami. It's like, bitch, you know how to say it, you disingenuous cunt. God, I hate her bullshit. And she also f- goes back and forth between this, I'm just a hapless woman. to, oh, well, I'm a woman with a compassionate touch, and we need to blow up brown people. Like, fuck this disingenuous whore. I, the, I know a lot of people that are really buying into her, and I'm going to be laughing when Donald Trump fucking destroys her in South Carolina. Which is happening, by the way. It is inevitable. Let's get into it. Former President Donald Trump said uh, former South Carolina governor and Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is a globalist, which also means she's not in the VP running, which is good because uh, you know some people were saying it, and it's like, oh god. Trump, who is seeking re-election in 2024, also claimed Haley's campaign was funded by Biden donors. The former president made his comments during Friday's campaign stop in Iowa. Quote, Nikki Haley has been in the pocket of open border establishment donors her entire career. Trump said, she's a globalist. She likes the globe. I like America first. Trump added as the crowd cheered, the people in this room like America first. President MAGA War Room, the base war room, President Trump in Iowa, Nikki Haley, we will just watch it right here. What it takes. Nikki Haley has been in the pocket of the open borders, establishment donors her entire career. and uh, She's a globalist, you know, she likes the globe. I like America first. The people in this room like America first. And Nikki Haley's campaign is being funded by Biden donors. Did you know that? Biden donors. Actually, yeah, I did. Same thing with Ron DeSantis, and they just kind of switched gears. That's why Ron DeSantis sank so hard, and his campaigns dried up and died. They all went to Nikki Haley. The former president then told the crowd Haley's campaign was funded by Biden donors, appearing to reference Democratic National Committee donors who have donated to Haley in an effort, yeah, to stymie Trump's chances of securing the GOP nomination. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're all... I like how this article is even worded like it's conspiracy theory. But no, that's exactly what they said the plan was. They're doing to Trump what they did to everyone else in 2016 with Trump. They thought Trump would be this easy person to prop up, this bombastic figure you could prop up to destroy with Hillary Clinton. Now they're trying to prop up Nikki Haley to be destroyed by whoever they swap Biden out with, potentially, if they swap Biden out at all. And it's not working. Especially with her little Civil War comments where she completely forgot to mention slavery. And it's like, look, I get the nuances she was going for. But the average voter does not have the IQ enough for the conversation to really discuss the truth the Civil War was actually about. You see, Abraham Lincoln was the bad guy and neither side deserves sympathy. You're really not going to win a lot of normie friends. But some history buffs might be like, yeah, hell yeah. Keep talking, brother. But continuing on. During the campaign stop, Trump also said Haley opposed his border wall, uh, border wall proposal, and condemned his overall border security policies. Trump also said Haley stabbed the Republican Party in the back by siding with former President Barack Obama's opposition 
of his Executive Order 1376-9, often referred to as the Trump Travel Ban, which, by the way, was also the Muslim Ban and shit, which, no, it banned to travel from any country with known hostile entities and known terrorist selves operating in it to prevent any chance of them coming here. And by the way, keep in mind, just weeks and months leading up to that, Paris had that ISIS attack, and there was multiple ISIS attacks around the world. And various terrorist factions were warring over who would claim credit for what terrorist attack took place, where and when. So Trump said, fine, you have all these countries with Muslim uh, terrorist groups in it. We're going to ban travel in and out of these countries until... And that's going to make these countries evaluate their response to these terrorist organizations and make them take care of it themselves. Because why should we open up America to new travelers from countries with Muslim extremists? If you have an American passport into these countries, you can get back in. But if you don't have an American-based passport, you're not coming here at all. And everyone got really mad at him. The same thing with other countries. As more terrorist entities proposed themselves around the world, Trump added these issues. Added these step-by-step measures. And the amount of domestic attacks on American soil drastically diminished. The only terrorists we had here on American soil were Antifa and the federal government. So, you know, just the usual terrorists you have to deal with every day here in America. <sighs> Watermelon Red Bull. That's the shit that makes the hood go crazy. The executive order, which was signed in January 2017, sought to limit the number of refugees admitted into the United States to 50,000. Trump's executive order also indicate, included a four-month suspension of U.S. Refugee Admission Program, USRAP, and indefinitely suspended the acceptance of Syrian refugees. Because it's where terrorists were coming from. You know, look at 9-11. Syria might have played a bigger role in that than the media led you to believe. I'm just saying. This is what we're looking at. The order was also referred to as the Muslim Ban by critics of the president. Yeah, it banned Muslims up to 50,000. Just overlook that part. Trump told the Iowa crowd he would immediately restore and expand the travel ban for countries that are terror-plagued. Good. Love it. Quote, <laughs> We fought long and hard to rescue the Republican Party from the likes of Mitt Romney, Karl Rove, and Paul Ryan. Trump said, There's no chance that we're going to let them claw their ways back into power. The former president also repeated a proposed policy to seek the death penalty for drug smugglers. Which, if you actually read what goes into that, yes, I completely agree with. If you, are smug- if you are a foreign agent smuggling drugs into this country and we catch you, yeah, you should be DOA. You want to know why? There's good, hard-working, American-born-and-raised drug dealers who could be making that money instead. Enough of you illegal assholes stealing our jobs. And I say this to somebody who, you know what, let's just, uh, let's just continue. Let's forget everything I was just about to say. I was about to say something really incriminating about myself here, allegedly. Quote, if you want to stop the drug epidemic, it's the death penalty or drug dealers, Trump added. Yeah, he's talking about, like, people who smuggle fentanyl into the country. He's talking about, like, snatching up, like, uh, you know, banditos and shit that be coming over, you know, crossing the border with fentanyl and shit. Catching them, and instead of deporting them back to Mexico, we just try them, prove they're guilty, execute them. That's fine. You're not an American citizen. You're a foreign agent bringing shit to my country. You know, uh, maybe you should have picked better choices. And I don't support the war on drugs. Fundamentally, I don't think there should be any federal drug laws on the books. For the record, 
I'm going to say this clearly here. There should be no federal policy on illegal drugs and narcotics. They all should be state-by-state issues. DARE is a massive fucking failure. I've bitched about Ronald Reagan long enough for anyone who's watched it for a long enough period of time for me, for you guys to know. Fuck Reagan. Fuck the war on drugs. I'm not a fan of DARE. It completely backfired, and that's the reason why Gen X is so opioid-addicted today. Standing with the millennials. The former president also... Haley has been speculated to be tapped as Trump's running mate in 2024, though recent remarks by the former president appear to suggest otherwise. Also, Don Jr. said that he would work against his dad if Trump chose Haley as a running mate, and Tucker Carlson said he would actively campaign against a Trump-Haley ticket. So it didn't look like that was really on the books to begin with anyway. Personally, I kind of hope he goes with the Tucker VP route, which is a possibility. I don't want to rule anything out here, you know. Moving on. Though recent remarks by the president appear to suggest otherwise. During Trump's time in office, Haley served as U.S. ambassador to the United Nations from January 2017 until December of 2018. So just about almost two years. According to Real Clear Politics, RCP, one of the best searches you can go, Trump holds a commanding 51.7 lead over runner-up Haley. Follow Geo, uh, fellow GOP candidates and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis narrowly trails Haley by under one point. Ooh, buddy boy. All right. Well, that being said, I'm going to wrap this article up here. I've been your host, James Madison, and I will talk to y'all later.